And we are on air for Fan for Racing, NASCAR, and Race Talk Review. This is Monday night, November the 18th, and this is our season finale because tonight we are reviewing these season finales at Homestead Miami Speedway this past weekend in the Monster Energy Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. So uh, joining me here shortly will be our co-host, Sal Segala, and uh, we will uh, use this first half hour to kind of give a few updates from the Canon Pro Series as well as the Arkham Menard Series, but we'll also review the uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series championship race at Homestead this weekend. Then we'll go to the 9 o'clock half hour. At the top of that hour, our guest is Bill McAnally, the team owner of McAnally Racing, Bill McAnally Racing. And uh, what a season they had again this year, uh, winning the championship in the K&N Pro Series West with their three-year driver, Derek Krause. We've had Derek on the show several times throughout the season. Uh, but tonight we're going to have the team owner on board with Bill McAnally. Uh, at 920 we will get into the Xfinity Series review of their championship race at Homestead, Miami. Exciting races uh, for both the trucks and the Xfinity Series, so we'll have a lot to talk about there. And then at 9.30, another guest comes on board, uh, and we will have Sean Brennan, the uh, public relations manager for Feld Entertainment uh, will come on board to talk about some of the upcoming events that they have taking place with Supercross uh, this year yet. So a lot to talk about there with Sean Brennan. We've had him on before, and uh, he always gives us a great interview. So definitely looking forward to uh, both of those guests. Then at 9.50, Sal and I will get into our review of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship race at Homestead, Miami. Uh, a lot to talk about there in just a short amount of time, but we'll do our best to review the weekend and uh, give you all the highlights uh, from the weekend of racing. 10 o'clock, of course, is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off, and tonight for our season finale, we do have a guest coming on board. It's an old friend of ours. Uh, he used to call in periodically, uh, but he was invited to the show here tonight. Uh, Chris Crichton with the flag of caution or the yellow caution flag uh, is coming on board to uh, talk about some hot topics with us from the weekend of racing. So we're looking forward to that conversation as well. Okay. uh, I think you can tell Sal is here. (laughs) Sal, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I didn't know I was on the air. I was okay. I'm ready. (laughs) How yeah, I had brought you into water. the queue. Yeah, you scared me. <laughs> Good evening. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I'm scare sorry. you. Usually, you kind of give me a warning, like he's here, and I'm. Um, well, that's okay. Let's let's get on with the show. We got we got a lot to cover tonight. Yes, we do. We have a whole <laughs> lot to cover here tonight. But uh, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get started with just a few updates, Sal. Let's start with the Arkham Menard series. Uh, there is so much. Uh, to look forward to with this Arca Menard Series next season. Uh, and as usual, at the ArcaRacing.com website, 
uh, there are several articles up there to keep fans up to date with what's happening during the off season and kind of some reviews of some of the drivers that raced uh, in the Arkham Menard Series this year. So some pretty cool things. Oh, that's good. I mean, you know, we we, we need it because everybody's still kind of on the fence on you know what's going to happen. You know, you know what you know what you know you know as far as I guess just the series itself. You know, I mean, sure they've already put some stuff out there. You know, but we're all right. still you know trying right. to you know trying to see you know where everything is going to um, where everything's going to fit in. Yes, and I, I think it's going to fit in nicely. We've gotten the um, the schedule uh, for the Arkham Menard Series East. We've gotten the schedule for the full Arkham Menard Series is, that includes the 10 uh, showdown races for the season. The only ones that we don't have yet is the Arkham Menards West. We don't have that schedule yet. I'm sure they're still working on that, and as soon as it does become available, I'm sure you'll be able to find it here at the Arkham Menards Racing uh, website. And uh, right now they have a great article on Corey Heim. There's something here uh, about Christian Eckes and his truck series race with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, they also have a, a few videos. Let's see. I just saw one. Let me go back here. Uh, there's a video here as well. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay, here I am. I'm going to come down here. There's a um, uh, article here about um, uh, the fact that they're going to be launching. And, and Sal, I, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but uh, NBC Sports Gold is going to offer a NASCAR package next season called Track Pass that will include all of the Arkham and Art Series races next year. So fans will be able to watch those races live via that NBC Sports Gold package, and you can find out more about that at ArcaRacing.com as well. Yeah, I read about it. You know what? I mean, why is NASCAR taking that stance to charge the fans to watch racing? That is one thing I do not understand. I mean, it was a good thing that the fans got to see it, especially us out here on the West coast, you know, since the, you know, arc of series, you know, basically, you know, South, what we call Southwest region or South, is that what you call Uh the Southwest region? Yeah. The Southwest region, you know, it was nice because we're able to see it, you know, cause we, it's hard for us to attend a race, you know, and now NASCAR wants to charge for that along with charging for the Canon West and East series races that fans, fans choice TV was given to us for free too. So there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of mixed, uh, you know, emotions on that, you know, but, um, either way, you know what, it is what it is. And, um, you know, and, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, if you got the money, you you get a chance to watch it. Exactly. And, and, uh, you know, this is NBC and NASCAR working together to make it available, uh, for, uh, fans. And I think they've made it pretty, uh, reasonable priced actually If you look at the pricing on it It's really not bad And if there's something on there that you don't want to watch uh, You don't have to pay for that part of the package You can You can uh, you know Customize the package according to uh, Which races are the races that you want to watch So I think that makes it a little more palatable 
And uh, I'd encourage everybody to really make sure you check out the article and get all the facts about that uh, at the ArcaRacing.com website because uh, it, it sounds like it's not good if you look at it from the surface, but if you look into it a little bit more, you'll see that they do break it down and make it a little bit easier on fans. Uh, but they also yeah, you know, have some, you know, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it's just like fans like me who are poor who can't afford to watch pay-per-view. You know, that's, you know, you know, because that's kind of like what Speed 51 did with all the big short track races. They kind of monopolized all the races, and they, they charge per year, you know, to watch like the Snowball Derby, the uh, All-American 400 and all that, you know. And, and, of course, everybody knows that Speed 51 was bought out by the um, – by the uh, – by that alliance group, which is you know part of NASCAR, but um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting, and <clears throat> and uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, Sal. Uh, let's not go sour grapes on it, you know, right, just yet until we know how it's all going to go play out. You know, be okay. sure I got to end the season on a, on a sour grape. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know I we, we don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm a celebrate uh, myself, so what, what what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you're not a sour grape, Sal. But, uh, and you bring up a point. There are some fans that are probably not going to like that back. Uh, but there are some fans that are part of that solid gold uh, package, that uh, NBC gold package, uh, that uh, it'll probably fit right in. But uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to it, and uh, but uh, we'll again that might be something we can talk with uh, Bill McAnally about a little bit too, uh, and get his perspective on uh, what's happening with the Arkham Menard series next season. Um, I, I I do know I think it's great that it's going to expand beyond just the Midwest. It's been a Midwest series for such a long time. And to think about the Arkham Menard Series racing at Phoenix Raceway, or it's actually uh, ISM Raceway now, uh, just seems kind of surreal a little bit to me. But uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be fun to see how it plays out, Sal. It is, you know what? It's going to be interesting to talk to some of the regulars. You know, like maybe maybe when the season starts up again, we get like see if Michael Self is still going to run the full season. You know, and get him on the show. You know, because you know he's a big supporter of the Arca series. You know, and get his. Um, Do you know his, that? Um, Sal, is he going to run it. the full season? Is he going to run the full know. season was, next year? You know what? I'll 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 talk to him during the off season to find out if he is, and if he is, we can get him on at the beginning of the season and talk to him. And I was thinking about getting Riley Herbst, but Riley already signed with um, JGR to run a full Xfinity series, so right, I don't think he's, he's going to be running any Arca races. Yeah, so I mean, our best bet would yeah. probably be to hook up with Michael Self. Yeah, if he's going to run that Arkham and Art series, and or wherever he's racing, we always like talking to uh, Michael Self. So uh, that would be great. Moving back into the uh, Canon Pro Series, uh, you know they wrapped up uh, their guest, or I mean they wrapped up their seasons uh, now with both the Canon West wrapping up with Derek Krause winning that championship. Uh, but, uh, again, there's still some great stories uh, that are showing up at the NASCAR Home Tracks website as well, and I'm sure we'll continue to see stories there. They also have information about the 
uh, commercial-free and on-demand uh, sports gold track pass uh, that's going to be available next year as well. And by the way, Sal, did you know that you're still going to be able to watch the delay broadcast of those races on NBC Sports Network for free? Yeah, you know that's you know that that's always good. You know, even though it's a few you know a few days after, you know you know mm-hmm. by then you already know who won. You know, you already got all the all the scoop on everything. But you know, at least you still get to watch it. It's not like watching it live. You know, where you get to see everything played out. But you know, for some of us, you know that. You know that might not be able to. You know they're busy or just can't watch it. Then you know what? You know what? At least mm-hmm. they're still giving us that that opportunity. You know to still exactly. watch the race, whether it's delayed or not. But we still get to watch it. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. So again, I just want to encourage everybody to check that out as well at the NASCAR Home Tracks website. Uh, we had Davey Siegel on a couple weeks ago, and he does a great job of updating uh, both the Canon Pro Series East and West all year this year. We asked him if he's going to be back again next year uh, under the Arkham Menards banner, and uh, I think that that's still up in the air, but uh, you definitely want to stay tuned because uh, uh, Davey Siegel does such a great job of following the sport and, and reporting it uh, back to fans through uh, the NASCAR tracks, home tracks website. Yeah, it is. You know what? And, and uh, you know, I, and I, I hope we get him back. He's a really nice guy. He's a really nice person. You know what? And he does a, he does one heck of a job, you know, you know, keeping, uh, keeping the fans informed, you know, on what's going on, you know, with the, with the, you know, with the NASCAR home track section of, you know, of NASCAR, because, you know, as we know, and it's funny because we really don't have that many people covering the, the home track stuff. You know, they really do a lot of, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of reporting, you know, you know, from the NASCAR and from the super late model. And, you know, there's a few mom and pop websites, you know, they're doing it, but as far as from the NASCAR and Davey is the one that really, that really took the bull by the horns this year, you know, and has really kept us well, really well informed. Yes, he has, and uh, I really enjoy reading the articles that he posts there. And we publish some of those at fanforracing.com as well. Uh, when you know when there's a review of the race and whatever. Um, but um, let's go ahead, uh, Sal, and get into the Gander Outdoor Truck Series uh, Ford Echo Boost 200 race that took place at Homestead, Miami, this weekend. Uh, I believe. Yeah, this was the only race this weekend where there were two different uh, celebrations. You had Austin Hill, who was the race winner, age 25, of the number 16 for Hattori Racing Enterprises and uh, crew chief Scott Zipidelli. But you also had uh, Matt Crafton, who won the championship. So uh, two big celebrations uh, from this race on Friday night. Austin Hill, uh, was it was his fourth victory in 74 Truck Series races, his fourth victory in 13th top 10 finish this season, and his first victory and first top 10 finish in four races that he's participated in at Homestead Miami Speedway. Now, Matt Crafton did finish second. Uh, it was his 11th top 10 finish in 19 races at Homestead, his 18th top 10 this year. Christian Eckes finished third, posting his first top ten finish in one race at Homestead, Miami. Uh, the number 51 Kyle Busch Motorsports team also won the owner's championship with Christian Eckes uh, behind the wheel of that 51 this weekend. Sheldon Creed was ninth. He was the highest finishing rookie of the race. 
And, uh, of course, Matt Crafton, we already mentioned, won the Drivers Championship. Tyler Ankrum won the 2019 Sunoco Rookie of the Year. And Toyota won the Manufacturers Championship in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. So really big uh, race this weekend for Austin Hill. Yeah, it was it was a big race for him, and it was you know also a big race for Matt Crafton, you know, with the championship, you know. But you know, like he, you know, you know, you know, of course, you spoke about Austin Hill first, you know, and you know he he put on a you know a really good show out there, you know what? And even though he won the race, you know, but he's you know he still gave the you know the the four drivers that were racing for the championship, he still gave them you know the room that they needed, you know, to decide to let them be the final deciding factor. And he's going to win the championship, mm-hmm. and it just happened that he had the faster truck. You know, went out there, and I mean, you know, you're out there to you're out there to still win a race. You know, and uh, you exactly. Know, he, uh, you know, and he, he did what he had to do to win the race. You know, and he was clean with it. You know, and, and um, you know, it was a it was a it was it was good to see you know the two uh, you know to see the two um, uh, uh, celebrations going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, and and Austin Hill has to feel really, really good. I know he was eliminated uh, in the last round just before the championship four, and I know he was disappointed about that, but he's got to feel really good to be able to come back and overcome that to come back and win at Homestead Miami. And, and I'm sure a little part of him is thinking, man, if I'd made it into that final four, I could have been, you know, I possibly could have been the champion. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of momentum for him to take into next year's uh, 2020 season. Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of momentum, you know, because now everybody's going to wonder, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, you know, with the drivers, you know, in that series. I mean, we already know that, you you know like the Todd Gillen is out of a ride at at at, uh, at KBM you know you know he's going he's going to go somewhere else you know then you know then you know we you know we've been seeing you know as the news has you know has progressed you know different drivers you know taking over the two seats you know at at mm-hmm. KBM so we know that KBM is still going to be a, a contender you know I'm sure Matt Crafton is going to come back. I think the big question is going to be mm-hmm. Ross Chastain. Is he going to run the truck full time next year, or is he going to do Xfinity, or is he going to? No, he's going to. Somehow... He's already announced he's he's racing Xfinity Series full time next season with Colleg Racing, and he said he's okay. going after the championship in the in the Xfinity Series next year. Okay. See, so we're, so we're going to lose now, one one driver there, you know. Yeah, and, you know, and as, I think you know, he's going to do Chastain. I think he's going to do the same thing that he did last year and try to race as many of the three, as many races as he can in the three series. Maybe uh, with the same results, I don't know, but uh, we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. But uh, I think I read somewhere, I, don't quote me on it, but I think I read somewhere where he was going to try to race uh, all three series again next year because he raced quite a few of those races this year. Oh yeah, he started out with the racing a lot, but the thing is, is that with him doing that, he's gonna have to pick one series, like you said, he picked the Xfinity, you know, to run the championship. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I was looking more at is our, is who are gonna be our championship contenders for next week in the in the trucks, right? In the truck series next year, yeah, next yeah, year, that's yeah. true. Uh, now, crap, that was Matt Crafton uh, won his third championship this year and that ties him with uh, Jack Sprague 
for the second most series championships in history uh, in this in the uh, camping world in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Uh, it, Crafton is also the fourth truck series driver to win multiple uh, truck series championships. Uh, that would include Todd Bodine with two, Matt Crafton and Jack Sprague with three, and then Ron Hornaday has four of those championships. Uh, Crafton finished second, as we mentioned, in the season finale, and he finished the 2019 se- season with seven top fives and 18 top tens, along with his three poles. Crafton's uh, from Tulane, California, and he's the third Truck Series championship from the state of California, uh, joining four-time series champ Ron Hornaday from Palmdale and uh, Gander's inaugural season champ, Mike Skinner, who's from Susanville. So that's kind of some interesting stuff, too. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of a lot of stuff went on this season, you know, with the truck series. You know, you know, of course, the biggest the biggest story was Crafton winning a championship without a race win, you know, which went, you know, kind of yeah. it kind of went fifty fifty, I think, with the fans. I, I I read a lot of bad publicity about it, and then I read a lot of good stuff about it. You know what? And 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 I po- and I I sent bad a text. I said, you know, man, I said, you know what? Who cares about the haters? You know what? NASCAR made the rules, and you guys use the rules to your advantage. You know what? Congratulations on the on the win. You know what? You, nobody can take nothing Absolutely. away from you because, you know, Thor Sport didn't make the rules. NASCAR set the rules, and they they set the chase up. You know, it's just happy. You know that that you guys, you know, got hot during the chase. You know what? And 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 you got the races that you needed to get. You know, to advance. And unfortunately, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's the way it fell. You know. So I mean, if the fans are going to blame anybody, they need to blame NASCAR, not not blame Matt Crafton. Well, and I don't uh, honestly, I don't think they need to blame either one because everybody had the same rules uh, for the entire exactly. season. And Matt Crafton, uh, you know, did a great job. Him and his crew chief and and Thor Sport Racing, they all worked together uh, to really put uh, uh, themselves in the right position throughout the regular season. And then again, they did it during the playoffs. So. I don't think he's got anything at all to hang his head about. I, th- I think he should be proud of his championship, uh, and his third championship of the of his career uh, is is a big accomplishment. Only two drivers have done that, and only one driver has more championships, and that's Ron Hornaday with four. So I think Matt Craft and I hope he's around racing for a lot longer, and I hope that he uh, goes after a fourth championship. And uh, possibly even a fifth, and I think he could he could probably do that. Yeah, he he could, but he's an old man. He's what thirty some thirty four, I think they said thirty five <laughs> years old. You know, but well, then, but then look how long Ron Hornady look how long Ron Hornady Junior raced for. You know, Michael Waltrip. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's you know what it's it's just different now because we see all these young kids, you know, that are you know they're mm-hmm. coming into the series, you know, and you know, and they're they're you know. They're young, you know, so you but know, honestly, 34, 34 last I think 10 we years need, ago, was, you're still a spring chicken. I think we still need uh, veterans along with the new guys that are coming in racing. You want to go over the points report before we run out of time, Sal? <laughs> yeah, the, the points ended up with, uh, of course, you know, Matt Crafton Matt coming out on top, you know, with the, with the championship. Um, Ross Chastain, uh Finished second, Brad Moffat third, and Stuart Friesen finished fourth. You know, I I thought Stuart Friesen had a really excellent season, and then the, the fifth place, 
fifth place in points was Austin Hill, you know, with, you know, you know, like you said, you know, he had four uh-huh. race wins this year, you know, and he had a really good season. So he's technically, you know, the first place, you know, in, in the, in the not in the non chase guys, you know, which is a, which is still a huge uh-huh. accomplishment. And then we go to Johnny Sauter, six grand in finger, seventh Tyler Akram, who got the rookie of the year this year. And I think is moving to KBM next year, you know, really good solid season uh-huh. with him with the one win. And then ninth, Ben Rhodes and Sheldon Creed, another rookie, rounded out the top ten. You know, and, and Sheldon Creed, that guy, he races. He that guy can get in anything. I was surprised he didn't have a race win this year because I know he had one last year. And I was yeah, surprised he didn't have yeah. one this year. But Sheldon Creed is going to really oh, be. Oh, it's coming. You know, yeah. I and I I think I'm not sure I haven't heard anything, but if he if he races full time next season, watch out. Sheldon Creed yeah. is going to be a contender for that championship. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think the thing that's interesting here, Sal, is that when you look at the top four drivers uh, from Stuart Friesen in fourth and Matt Crafton in first, there's only nine points uh, that separate them in the in the uh, final points analysis here. So it was a really tight uh, battle uh, for that championship. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun watching all of these guys race throughout the season, and I think we've got a lot to look forward to again next season. Oh, yeah, we do. We have a lot. There's going to be a lot to look forward to next season. You know, I mean, it's just it's, it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a really good, really good season next year. Yes, indeed. And uh, uh, you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Uh, and, of course, all of the NASCAR races for uh, the Gander Outdoor Truck Series are, are on Fox Sports 1. So uh, I'm pretty sure that that's what's going to happen again next year. Uh, and, uh, uh, again, we just have so much to look forward to. Now, the winning team – the, yeah, the winning team uh, was Thor Sport Racing. Uh, it was the third all-time uh, – Thor Sport's third all-time – Truck Series Driver Championship in the last seven seasons. All three of those came with Matt Crafton in 2013, 14, and 19. And then Thorsport Racing is one of 16 different organizations to win a uh, driver's title. Uh, they also posted 19 wins in the Truck Series among five different drivers uh, this year. And then uh, owners Duke and Rhonda Thorson fielded their first truck in the series with driver Terry Cook, and that was at the Milwaukee Mile on July 6th in 1996. So uh, they've been around for a long time, and uh, they do such a great job. Uh, they have a great lineup of drivers, and and uh, I always look forward to uh, the Thor Sport drivers in this Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Yeah, they've they've always had you know like you said you know some you know some good uh you know drivers. I, I remember back when um when one of our favorites Cameron Haley was running for them, you know and you yes, know we're following I've Cameron been thinking you know, for about a couple him seasons, lately. you know and I yes. and, you know and then you know he just kind of fell fell out of the he just kind of fell out of the face of the earth, you know. I haven't seen him well, even super he's... late or anything. I know he's married now and he has a. a, a... I think a little girl, he has a baby, and um, uh, I think about him from time to time and, and I'm wondering about what he's up to. I think I saw a post not too long ago uh, that he might have some some something in the works and to stay tuned for some news <coughs> from him. So I hope that uh, we do hear some good news there. So 
Uh, let's talk about our next guest that's coming up, Sal, because uh, we've had him on the show before. Uh, he's got, had a winning organization for, uh, what is it, 26 or 27 years now that the McAnally Racing has been uh, racing that Canon Pro Series, uh, soon to be the Arkham Menard Series West. Uh, and he has a lot of success over the years. Oh, yeah, he's had a lot of success, you know, even even with himself, you know, as being a driver, you know, you know, before, you know, he formed his team, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, when, when you look up and down the list of the drivers that, that Bill has had in his stable, I mean, you know, they're all end up to, you know, to be stars, you know, in, in their own right, you know, um, gosh, I mean, there's just, he just had so many drivers, you know, coming through his, in his uh, organization that it's, you know, that's why he has the um, the success that he has had, you know, throughout the years. Yes, indeed. He's he's uh, definitely been very successful in that West Series. And uh, we have him online now. I want to bring him into the queue. Uh, Bill McAnally, congratulations on another uh, championship season at Bill McAnally Racing uh, this year with Derek Krause uh, winning that championship. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, and appreciate that. It's uh, exciting to see Derek get a championship. He's a, a very, very special young man in the race car and out of the race car, but uh, something very rewarding and great to share in winning a championship with him. Yes, indeed. Now, when you look back on the season, uh, because you've had uh, some really great drivers, uh, Derek Krause was back uh, for his third year with you. You had Haley Deegan back this year, and then uh, Brittany Zamora uh, was also part of your group this year. Uh, talk about, you know, working with those three drivers this season, because all three ended up in the top five. No, we had uh, exceptional drivers this year. Uh, did a great job, a lot of first for all of them. I mean, Derek with a championship, Brittany with her poles and leading laps and being in contention. She was in, led a lot of laps. She did a great job. And then Haley uh, proved to everybody that uh, last year winning a race wasn't wasn't a fluke by any means. I mean, she uh, won two more this year. So she led the points for a while. So great year by all three drivers. And they they all all have bright futures and all have proven they can get it done at this level. And uh, just looking forward to see what the future has. Yes. And I know Napa is such a huge part of Bill McAnally racing and uh, uh, they are a big part of all three of these drivers in the seasons that they had this year as well. Well, yeah, without, without the support of, of our partners, Napa, Auto Parts, Enios, Toyota. It it takes uh, takes a village to make it happen, and uh, it's that's one thing that we're we're fortunate with is having the partners that we do. We can go out and select drivers that don't necessarily have to come in and pay all the bills to be able to drive at this level, and it gives us the opportunity to to work with drivers that that. It, we think have the ability on and off the racetrack to keep continuing to move up the ladder and, and make it in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And and if you think back on the season, is there anything that was kind of a highlight for you uh, for Bill McAnally Racing this season? Obviously the championship, but anything besides that, uh, what was the highlight for you this year? Boy, it would be hard to pin it down to just one. That's That's really tough, but a, a lot of great things. I mean, seeing Derek take a truck and finish eighth at Dover, that that was a lot of fun um, for us uh-huh. all, and to see that he could step up and and go to a track like Dover and and run competitive. Uh, seeing Brittany get a pole and lead, you know, the good portion of race, especially at her own hometown there at Evergreen, where when she did it there, that was impressive. Um, Haley, I mean, to see her lead the points, be the first female driver to ever lead points in the NASCAR regional level, and uh, just okay. a, a great year. I mean, Eric, Derek winning the championship, Derek being able to lead both the East and the West through the halfway point of the year, uh, just a, a fantastic year. Hard to pick one thing because they all had great accomplishments, and everybody here, the crew members, uh or, I mean, everybody involved with this team works hard to produce those results, and it's just uh, neat to see them accomplish those things for sure. Without a doubt. Now, you know we have Sal Segala here as well, and I know he has some questions for you, Bill, so I'm going to pass the mic over to Sal. Perfect. Bill, first of all, congratulations on the on the, on the championship. You know what, when you look back at me and Sharon, we're talking about the history behind, you know, BMR racing. And I mean, nine championships in the, in the Canon pro series. You know what? That is an amazing, an amazing feat. It, it is. It's a, uh, you know, never, never thought about, it. I had somebody ask me the other day, did you ever think you'd have nine championships? And hell, I didn't even think I'd ever have one, you know, when we started. <laughs> and it's just, it's a lot of credit, Sal, to the guys, the people that I'm able to surround myself with, and they all work hard, they care, and they want to be the best at what they're doing, and they uh, do what they have to to produce those results. And it's, it's a lot of credit to the guys, the drivers, our sponsors for allowing us to do what we love to do. But, uh, no, it's it's crazy. I mean, that's where we're at 99 wins now as a team, and you think back, that's – 99 times we got to stand in victory lane with a trophy and take a picture with a driver that's won a race. And that's a pretty neat accomplishment for this whole organization. You know what it, it is, and especially when you go back to, you know, 2015, 16, and 17, you know, with Todd and uh, Chris Eggleston, you know, picking up the championships, you know, and, uh, you know, just, you know, the way the way the team went out there, actually all the teams you put together, the Riley Herbs, um, uh, Julie Landauer, you know, and, uh, you know, Cole Rouse, you know, and everybody, you know, you know, the, the domination you guys had during that, that part of the, you know, that part of the era was amazing. And then to bounce back after last year and then come back, you know, and, and have Derek, you know, dominate this season, you know, it, the championships weren't just, it seems like they weren't just one. It seems like they were dominated. That, uh, I'll tell you just back to, to the people and the drivers and they, you know, the, you you revisit it, and I mean, when we won our first our first championship with Sean Woodside back in '99, we were working as hard as we could. We thought we were get, doing everything 100%, but what you learn later is what you thought 100% then was wasn't just because you didn't know any better. You know, you 
only know what you know, but we were sure working hard and to get two wins in a championship back in 99 was huge. And uh, to be able to see what we can do now today with, you know, Derek and Todd and Cole Custer and, like you said, Cole Rouse and Haley Deegan, it's very rewarding, but it's, it's these guys that are putting in the effort for sure. You know, and, and then, you know, when, when you look at your developmental program, you know, um, you know, you look like your driver coaches, you know, like Eric Holmes, I mean, you're not going to find, I, I don't think, in my opinion, you're going to find any better driver coach in, in the series than Eric Holmes. Well, he's three-time champion, and uh, we were we were going back when we were, we knew we were getting close to 100 wins, so Kevin Green was working on it, pulling up the history, and I mean, Eric Holmes has over 80 starts for us as a driver, but three championships he has to his resume. I mean, when you're a driver like that, how could you not be a good coach? I mean, the experience he has at all these racetracks is just so valuable to these kids that are coming out for the first time, you know, to have somebody get your left front on that white line, you know, or don't back that entry up. And the, the, the knowledge he has and the experience he has and it isn't like somebody that doesn't know is telling him he's proven and he'd have to feel really good to be a driver in that driver's seat having Eric Holmes give you instruction. Yeah, you do. You know, Eric, then he's really, Eric is man throughout the years. He's been a super really nice person, you know, then your developmental program, you know, that, you know, that you started, you know, running, you know, during the off season, um, you know, Back in the day, you know, you didn't see drivers come in, you know, at, at this young age. It's funny, I was talking with Kathy Krause earlier, you know, and Derek's um, running with Donnie. They just made the announcement today. He's running with, with Donnie Wilson in the Snowball Derby instead of his own car. But I remember the first year, four years ago, and I went to the Derby, and I seen Derek, and I thought he was just there helping, you know, somebody's kid that was just helping. And then he gets in the car, and I was like, holy cow, this kid's, what, 12, 13 years old, and, and he qualified for the Derby and just to qualify for it is a, is a feat in itself, you know, and, you know, and, and, you know, like I said, you look at your developmental program and I mean, you know, you guys are bringing in some drivers, you know, young, talented, super talented drivers through, through the program. No, it's a, a lot of credit goes to Mark Krause and Kathy Krause. They've done a great job with Derek and his sister, Lauren, great kids, uh, great, great, uh, great foundation. Their parents built for them and, Derek growing up with Mark racing and being around that, I mean, it was, uh, it was destined to be, and, uh, definitely is, uh, he, he's got an old soul to his, his driving ability. That's for sure. He drives way beyond his age. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. He does. He's a, he's really a, he's really one of the special talents, you know, that you really got to, you know, hold on to, you know, just keep, you know, grooming him and grooming him. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Sharon. Okay, Bill. Um, again, uh, you did race some races in the in the truck series this year. Uh, is that something that you think you're you're going to kind of delve into again next season? Well, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very uh, professional. It's a, a whole different pace than we're used to at the K and N level. The, the first truck race we went to last. Last November at Phoenix, all the trucks were lined up, ready to go through tech, and we were still trying to get ours out of the trailer. They uh, they uh. definitely are, are very prepared, and they they do do a good job. But it's it's 
really good for our drivers to be able to experience the trucks because that's their next step. And it's great that mm-hmm. we can uh, share that with them and help prepare them for the next step. It's something we enjoy. It's just a long ways away from Roseville, California, and uh, to all those truck races are. We just went to Miami, and unfortunately at Homestead, it, Derek did a great job. He was sixth in the final practice. Uh, him and the team worked really hard on the truck, made some adjustments, and got a lot of speed out of it. And then it rains qualifying out, and even being sixth in the final practice, we weren't able to add so many 38 trucks there, I think it was, and we wound up going home. Mm. So it's very competitive, you know. That's something we're not used to, especially, I think, Homestead, Florida is about as far away as you can get in the United States from Roseville, California, for a a racetrack. But uh, he did a great job in the practice six. We were really looking forward to that, but that was – definitely not what we wanted to do so we are working to do more but we enjoy it and and i hope we can do a lot more of it in the future okay that's good news now also you know uh the canon pro series is going to come under the arca menard series umbrella next year uh with a little bit different kind of format and i wanted to get your thoughts about that because uh the canon west schedule hasn't come out yet but the Canon East only has, what, six or seven races, and then there's the showdown races that are going to be part of the Arkham Menard Series schedule. Um, Do you see your organization being able to participate in the full uh, West schedule along with that showdown schedule? um, When we get our schedule, that's something we'll definitely look at, Sharon. I know talking to NASCAR, I think they've got eight West races that they have signed sanctions back for, and they're trying to, the the West, with the void for for NASCAR stock car racing or ARCA stock car racing, um, they definitely see that we need to have have some races on the West Coast, so they're looking to to have 10 races, and uh, if if we do that, that's definitely going to leave us time to do some additional racing. But we're just going to have to compare the schedules and see what, what makes sense and what we can afford to travel and participate in. I'm not sure what the the payouts are going to be or the points money. And that's, you know, that all, we have to take all that into consideration. Okay. And, and that is, that is a, an excellent point. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to, to talk about it when it's not really out there yet, what that schedule is going to be. But um, uh, I, I, uh, I do think it's going to be interesting uh, for the schedule. And then, of course, NASCAR recently announced, uh, along with NBC, that they're going to have the uh, track pass this year, too, that fans will be able to watch the races live next year. Any thoughts about yeah. that? That, that's interesting. I know that uh, this last year they they had uh, some streaming, the the you know fans' choice. I think it was called, and that was mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that was gr- great to have. And I know it was well received and utilized a lot. We even the promotion at All American Speedway for our NASCAR weekly program, we had the fans' choice available, and uh, I think that it went so well that they're taking it to the next level, and it's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, they are taking it to the next level. And, and I can't wait to see how next season plays out. And we're anxious to see that uh, 
West schedule when it comes out as well. Um, getting back to, to this season uh, and uh, what we're doing this season uh, last with the Canon West, uh, how do, what are your thoughts about ending that chapter? Yeah, it's uh, definitely bittersweet. Uh, the the NASCAR Canons here has been very good to us, and I mean it was hard when it changed from Winston West because it'd been the NASCAR Winston West for so many years, and you hated to see Winston get out of it. But it all worked out, and it's just you know changes is something uh, something that you've got to give a little time and see how it all sorts out. But it's right right now it's it's tough, but I think down the road it's going to be a great thing with all these dates that they'll have for the, like you were talking about, the showdown and the ARCA races, and they're trying not to have anything that overlaps. So a, a guy mm-hmm. can run all, you can run the West, the East, and the 20 ARCA races in the Midwest if you wanted to. So it'll be interesting to see how it how it goes and what it does and how it strengthens things. Yes, indeed. Now, I know Sal has another question as well. So, Sal, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here, sure. You know, Bill, it's always a billion-dollar question at the end of the season, you know, going into next season, you know, to the 2020 season. Um, Are you going to let us in on on who who you might have for your drivers next year? Man, we just were in Miami finishing our last race on – on Friday, Sal, and I've been today. I've been working on it. We uh, we did a lot of testing of drivers uh, the last couple of weeks and uh, saw a lot of great talent out there. Um, and we're just trying to pull it all together. We uh, we tested some great kids from all over the the country that uh, I'm excited about to see them. And we'll uh, we'll be putting that together. But right now, I don't have anything solid enough to announce. If I did, I'd be happy to share it with you. But I just, just, we'll be working hard to to have drivers that are capable of uh, of winning and uh, and carrying us carrying us to the contend to the next championship. How hard is it as a as a team owner? You know, when you have all these, you know, all this young talent, you know, that wants to be part of Bill McAnally Racing. You know, everybody wants to get in the seat. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, you guys had a I, – I know you guys had that test session. I think it was last week, and I'm sure you guys had a lot of good drivers out there. But how tough this is as a team owner to sit down and say, okay, you know what, um, you know, you know, with the you know, with the whole organization say, you know, who are we going to pick, you know, or who do we who do we look, you know, you know, to be our next champion? Right, it's – you know what, Sal? Honestly, it's when you when you meet the kids and you communicate with them and you work with them and find out what they if they understand a race car and can can relay that to you what they need out of that race car and then they carry themselves and promote themselves well. It's really easy to pick them, you know. And it's uh, you're just looking for the kid that's got that complete package that's still rough around the edges that you can help groom and help continue to move up up the ladder. And there's there are so many of them out there, you know, and there's many of them that I didn't have the opportunity to test or work with. But I bet we've tested and worked with a dozen kids throughout throughout the, recently, and there's a lot of really good ones that you just shake your head, 14-year-old kids, 
And it's such a different world and environment today. You know, when I had Brittany gone or Austin Cameron or Eric Holmes in the car, they would stay there for years and you'd work with them for years. And now everybody's moving up the ladder so quick. I mean, if you keep a kid like Derek Krause in a car for three years or with your team for three years, that's an accomplishment. Everybody's moving up. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and, and I've seen it throughout the series, you know, with different teams, you know, even with, uh, you know, the drivers, you know, they're racing, you know, you know, from trucks to Xfinity, you know, they want to move, move up the ladder real quick. But, um, you know, I guess that's yeah, just the, you know, that's just the way our, you know, this era, is, with, you know, with racing is just going to be, you know, and I guess it's something, you know, that are, you know, you know, everyone's going to have to adjust to, you know, even including us with the media, you know, having to try and keep up with where the, you know, the drivers are going, you know, from year to year. And with that, Bill, I just want to say once again, congratulations on a great season. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, next season, you know, to see what you have, for, you know, for us. And I'm sure it's going to, I I know the team you put together is going to be another top-notch team. And I know it's going to be another championship team. And we just want to wish you luck, you know, when, you know, in the upcoming years. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Sharon. Okay, Bill. I want to echo that. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time because I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but you took some time to be on the radio show here tonight, and we really, really appreciate that and uh, all that you do for the support because uh, you bring a lot of really great talent through Bill McAnally Racing, and and uh, there's testimony to that when you see them move on uh, to the ARCA and the uh, truck series and Xfinity and on up into Cup. So uh, we appreciate all that you do. Well, thank you guys for having me on the show, and thank you both for everything you do to help promote and let the world know what's going on. We appreciate it, and hope to talk to you soon. Okay, Bill. Well, we'll we'll definitely uh, be tapping you on the shoulder again uh, sometime, uh, maybe even before the 2020 season starts, but definitely once it starts, for sure. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Okay, you too. Take care. All right, that is Bill McAnally, the team owner of Bill McAnally Racing, and what a great season they had uh, with those nine victories and and uh, three great drivers uh, coming through that organization this season. Derek Krause, the champion, Helly Deegan, uh, and uh, Brittany Zamora, all having great seasons and, and accomplishments uh, in their own rights uh, throughout this year. Yeah, it, it was Sharon, and you know, and then like I said, them picking up their ninth championship, you know, their one championship mm-hmm. away from you know the magic number ten, and you know, seeing all these drivers, you know, come up, you know, through the years, you know, all the different champions that he's had, all the different drivers, you know, gosh, you know, it's amazing, you know, and Eric Holmes, you know, being you know so far they're only three three time champion, you know, along with um, you know, with you know Todd and you know and uh. You know, uh, Chris Eggleston, you know, and, and you know, just, you know, uh, Sean Woodside, who still races out here at Irondale and then late models every once in a while, he'll, he'll pull a car out, you know, and, wow. and uh, you know, and, and he was, was like his 1999 champion, you know, before the new decade started. But um, mm-hmm. great organization, you know what? Great people, um, really good, you know all the support, you know, he gets, you know, from, you know, from everybody that works on the cars at the shop to, 
you know, when they get out to the track along with all the sponsors he has. So, I mean, you know, any, any, up, any young up and coming driver would be honored to, you know, to be able to race, you know, for, for Bill McAnally racing. Without a doubt. Okay. Well, we're going to have to move on, uh, Sal, to the Xfinity Series review here at Homestead, Miami. It was the 25th annual Ford Echo Boost 300. Uh, the winner was uh, the champion for this season, Tyler Reddick, age 23, for the number two for Richard Childress Racing with his crew chief, Randall Burnett. Uh, he won his ninth victory in 84 Xfinity Series races, his sixth victory and 27th top 10 finish this year, his second victory and third top 10 finish in three races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Cole Custer finished second, posting his third top 10 finish in four races at that track and uh, his 24th top 10 finish this season. Chase Briscoe, the uh, highest finishing rookie, finished third, posting his first top 10 finish in two races at Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, and he also won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year Award uh, for this season. Tyler Reddick, of course, is the champion. And Chevrolet is the uh, manufacturer's champion in the Xfinity Series. Pretty cool to see that. Yeah, it was. You know, it was a it was a hard fought battle. You know, went back and forth. You know, between the four of them. You know, I mean, it just wasn't a runaway. You know, towards the end. You know, once Reddick got out front. But I mean, you know, you had Bell up there. You had Justin Algar who was having his issues, but was still trying to make a run at it. You know, then of course you had Cole Custer. You know, who was you know out there. You know, beating and banging away. Right there. You know, and you know that that one, um, the one uh, pit stop that Chris Ravel missed. You know what? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying that cost him the championship, but did it really? Because Tyler Reddick, anytime Bell was up front, Reddick would catch him and run him down and go by him. So I mean, was he really? You know, was Bell really the class of the field? You know, and, I mean, that's just, just like saying Custer. Well, you know, was Custer really the? You know, the bottom line is that Reddick came out on top. You know, and he can be the champion. Right. And he he uh certainly uh it was a lot of fun watching Cole Custer and Tyler Reddick racing at the end of that race, uh, passing each other back and forth. And uh I don't know if you saw the interview with them in Victory Lane, uh, on NBC, but uh they invited Cole Custer up uh to that uh table and the conversation between him and Tyler Reddick I thought was fantastic. I thought there was great sportsmanship, and especially considering that they kind of got a little touchy with one another a couple of weeks ago, uh, you could see that there's a lot of respect there between the two drivers, and uh, uh, they, really, they really raced hard against each other and, and put on a great show for the fans. Yeah, they did. And you know what the neat thing is, is between those three, they're all going into the cup season next season. So we get to see the three of them battle mm-hmm. out for rookie of the year. So <laughs> it so it, it, yeah. it, it didn't end. It didn't end at Homestead. It's going to continue on all the way through next season yes. until we get to Phoenix. Well, I'm sorry, ISM Raceway. And then that's going to decide who the rookie of the year is going to be. And it's, it, we know it's going to be one of those three. So the, the battle exciting. has just begun. The battle has just begun. Yes, indeed. But I see some other drivers coming up in the Xfinity Series. 
And uh, I think that these two guys have made the Xfinity Series a lot of fun to watch the last couple of years. But I see some other drivers like Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick and John Hunter Nemechek and some of those guys, um, Noah Gregson. Uh, I think that Brandon Jones, I think they're all going to put on a great show next season uh, for us as well. So I think there's still a lot to look forward to in this series. Uh, do you want to go ahead oh, and yeah. go over the points reports? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you know, so. I, I... – yeah, I, I agree with you on that shirt. Um, let me see the points. The way the points ended up was, uh, of course, you know, Tyler Reddick ended up first. He was a champion this year. Cole Custer finished second. Christopher Revelle third. And Justin Algar rounded out the top four for the, you know, the chase for the championship. But then fifth place was Chase Briscoe, um, who also got Rookie of the Year honors. Um, sixth was Austin Sidrick. Seventh, John Hunter Nemechek. Eighth was Noah Gregson. Ninth was Michael and Ned and Brandon Jones rounded out the out the top ten. And you know what? You really got to throw a number eleven, Ryan Siegel, we've talked about all season long. For him to yeah. finish eleventh in points. You know what? That's that's really huge, you know, for, for Ryan Siegel. You know, when you look at all the other drivers, you know, he finished um you know, in front of him. So Yeah. You know, he just kinda of had to throw that one in there. Yes, Ryan Sieg has really uh, put on a great show this year, and uh, I, I think he's going to be right there in the mix next season as well. I, I just think, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot to look forward to here. Uh, Daniel Hemrick's going to be coming into the Xfinity Series next year along with Jeb Burt, Burton, and Dale Jr. is going to race one of the races uh, with those guys in that same car going after the owner's championship, so that's going to be fun too. Yeah, it's going to be neat. Your cousin's got a full-time ride next season. <laughs> Not a full-time. So, it's a part-time ride. Was it yeah, part-time? I, I thought I read it was a full-time. No, oh, it's going to be a shared, shared ride, ride with uh, Daniel Hemrick in yeah. that number eight car. He shared a ride. He shared that car this year. He's going to share it again next season. And uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch those guys for sure. Uh, again, there's only between the top three Drivers only eight points, and uh, Justin Algar is just 17 points out. So just uh, really exciting racing uh, this entire season. And uh, uh, you're right, Sal. We're going to have a lot to look forward to in Cup next year. Uh, but let's let's uh, talk about your next guest that's coming up, and I'll try to get rid of my hiccups. <laughs> All right. Our next guest is Sean Brennan. He's our he's our um, PR director at um at Monster Energy Supercross. Uh, he he was really super busy this year. Usually we have him on two or three times a season, but this year, you know, he was just there was a lot going on with the series. And I'll tell you, if for all you Monster Energy Supercross fans, you have to love what's going on with the series. I mean, it's just like you right when you think it might start to lose some steam and. And then they add something different, and they add something new, and it just makes it more exciting. I think this year, watching those KTM Junior Supercross riders was was really a treat and really awesome for the fans that stayed in the seats and watched it. I know I stayed out on the field and, and, and got a lot of um, footage of it, but they're really neat. But going back to the 450 and the 250 SX class was just it was just uh, it was a, it was a season of remembrance. We had a lot of you know. It, it's just crazy the way it's in, it, uh, it all played out. And with that, uh, we want to welcome to uh, want to welcome Sean Brennan to the to the show. Sean, welcome to the show. Uh, 
Great to have you back. Hello, hello. How are you, man? We're doing good, Sean. You know what? What an amazing season. I mean, how do you guys top what happened this past season? Every year we do the post, you know, at the end of the season, we always ask you, how do you top it? And you guys managed to top it the following season. Well, I tell you, it's not all us because the athletes, you know, really what it comes down to the racing. I mean, you know, next year, 2020 will be the 47th year of Supercross here in America. Um, For some sports, you know, that's still relatively young. Uh, But at the same time, you know, that's a pretty rich footprint here in America for the series. And yet last year in Dallas, you know, we had Ken Roxon and Cooper Webb uh, with the closest finish in Supercross history. That's 46 seasons of Supercross. So, you know, we try to, you know, capture that same excitement around the racing and, you know, really, you know, try to make it, it's an all-day experience. You know, we're in the business of selling tickets and, you know, fans giving them an experience. So, you know, we're trying to just continue to uh, to do that and complement the great racing that, I tell you, these athletes, my goodness, they just get better and better every year. And you're seeing some of them, like you were saying, in the uh, the startup with the KTM Junior Exhibition uh, race. And that, that's why we do that, you know. It's, it's neat. You know, it, it was – it, it, it was amazing to see to see the kids. You know, of course, you know, being from the West Coast, you know, and, and seeing uh, um, uh, Hudson Deegan, you know, get out there, you know, and and win, you know, the you know the the one, you know, at at uh, at Anaheim too was really a treat, you know. And yep. See, you know, yep. Brian, seeing Brian right there, you know, and you know, and you know, you know, having kind of a connection with him because of Haley Deegan, who's doing stock car racing. But to see this, yes, this. That kid is he's a him and his older brother, they are amazing talents. All the kids yes. out there. Are oh amazing. amazing. They were just Yes. I mean in Hayden you know what? Hayden had he won um uh a title at our Supercross Futures AMA national championship. So boy, he had an in oh my goodness, some really tight racing. Looked super smooth. I uh, was able to bring home one title. Uh, and he's going to be back back next year uh, battling for, for additional Supercross Futures AMA National Championships as well. And who knows, yeah, maybe we can get Haley uh, to give up that four-wheel and uh, get her on a two-wheel. What do you think? <laughs> you, you, know, you know, seriously, Sean, if, if, if you follow her on Instagram, yep. she, she, has, she has a couple clips on there where she actually gets on – I know. On, um, on Danger Boy, I walk on Danger Boy. She gets on Danger Boy's yes. bike and tries to ride it. You know, she's yes. too big for it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. she gets out there and she tries to ride it. Yeah, crazy. I'm telling you, she's just like her dad. It, she is, and I have. Oh, she's so talented though, and I have a feeling that she would be able to, you know, <clears throat> really be able to spin laps, no matter if it's two wheels or four wheels. She's going to make that thing go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, she would. I mean, I mean, she's she's nuts. But you know, anyways, anyways, back back to you know to the uh, you know to last season. You know, you 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 had three uh, triple crown events, and I'll tell you that one at Anaheim. Gosh, how could you not love it? Especially when it just started pouring rain on the 450 SX main event. I mean, that was just it was just epic. 
You know, it was, and weather weather always plays a factor, uh, you know, into uh, all of this racing. I think that, you know, I remember, I think, 2017, and you would remember this, being in California. I think that was the year El, El Nino came through, and we had a lot of rainy uh, races. But last year, with no El Nino, I think we had even more <laughs> racing. I think just about every outdoor stadium, baseball or football, uh, we ended up having rain. Denver, we ended up having snow. Uh, but even the Anaheim opener with uh, Justin Barsh's win uh, right out of the gate, that was a completely uh, rain, you know, rain deal. Uh, but then, yeah, the Triple Crown as well. And the Triple Crowns, you know, it just, it's it's such a neat, shorter, you know, faster sprint style with, um, you know, three different starts. I mean, that is really designed you know, it's tougher to qualify, it's tougher to get in, uh, but my goodness, it's designed for the stars to be out there. You know, anytime you have three starts in a Supercross race, I mean, the best in the sport will tell you, you know, how much that increases the risk. But you're absolutely right, that Triple Crown was, was amazing. Uh, Cooper Webb to, you know, come home and take home uh, that Triple Crown, which we like to call a championship within a championship. Uh, and take that from Mr. Tomac this year uh, was pretty exciting. And obviously that's a format that, you know, we like, the fans really like, uh, and that we're going to continue to do, and we have three scheduled for uh, for next year as well. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll tell you, it was it was really neat, you know, you know, being down on the field, you know, and watching it, you know, as, as it all progressed and, and, you know, and, you know, going in the back, you know, in the paddock with the drivers, with the riders, you know, seeing – you know, the way they're, you know, we have, to, we just don't have one main event. You know what? We have to set up for, you know, for the whole day, you know, because, yes, you know, yes. any, anything can happen, you know. And so, I mean, the the intensity, even from the fans, I was, I was looking back at the pictures and I don't think one fan left their seat when it started raining. All you see is all this rain here going on and the stands right. were still full, even though it's pouring rain. I'm like, these, those guys are nuts sitting in them stands. <laughs> that's why we all love Supercross as much as we do. Uh, but yeah, you know, the racing, you don't want to miss it. There is no, there is no bathroom break uh, because there is something happening all the time. And, you know, if, if something goes wrong with the bike, you're, you're absolutely right. Those mechanics are really stressing out because there's not a lot of time in between those main events. Uh you know, six main events between 250 and 450. That you know, race format is is action packed for the fans, uh, the viewers, you know, at home watching on on TV or the fans in the seats. Uh, but for the mechanics and the athletes and the team managers, boy, that puts a lot of pressure on them. Uh, if something really does go wrong with that bike, it does not leave a lot of time to get things straightened out. You know, and it doesn't, you know, and even with the injuries we've had this, you know, every season, it seems like, you know, we always have one, you know, one may, it seems like it's a major injury, you know, and, and the, you know, the riders end up coming back, you know, it, I, I, I don't, there's no way I could ever crash on one of those bikes and say, you know what, especially some of the wrecks and, and say, you know, I'll be back in, you know, in two weeks, you know, if, if I can make it, you know, I would say, you know what, I'm done. That's it. I'm retiring. I'm going to go find something more safer to do, but, 
I mean, we see what happened with Roxon, you know, and he came back from that nasty wreck, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, and it was, um, it was, it was amazing, you know, just the, the way these riders are, they're just so, you know, physically fit to, you know, to come back from stuff like that. They really are. And I've said it many times that, you know, the Ken Roxon story really was the kind of comeback that was an athlete comeback story that really transcended all sports. Uh, You know, you see that kind of story a lot along the lines of, you know, pro soccer, pro football, you know, even in baseball and basketball where, you know, depending on what, you know, what is injured, you know, but there, there are some freakish things that happens in other sports as well. So, you know, Supercross isn't the only one, that we know is physical and, uh, you know, can have, you know, really life-altering injuries. But <clears throat> unfortunately, you know, the, the you know NFL gets a little more exposure, <laughs> a little bit bigger at the moment. Uh, but, yeah, Ken Roxon, his comeback story was, you know, as big as any, you know, that the NFL has to offer or major league sponsor or major league soccer or other sports. But, you know, I think the Monster Energy Cup uh, was a great preview uh, to some of the other athletes as well. You know, Malcolm Stewart came back from a huge injury as well. You know, went down at the Glendale race last season, has been off the bike for nine months. Um, Very significant injury as well. And he is looking, I think, you know, as sharp if not sharper than, you know, the first couple of races of last season as well. Vince Freeze uh, completely overcame, you know, a huge uh, knee surgery and knee injury as well. And he was, my goodness, at the Monster Energy Cup, he was flying. So it is. These racers are built differently from you and me and uh, and most folks. and, you know, that, that's, again, why we love it so much. But they are a different breed, uh, and I love them for it. You know, and, you know, you hit it on this, you know, right there with a different breed. You know, you look at even some of the older riders, you know, like um, like Chad Reed, you know, who's been around for, you know, for decades, you know, and he's had his share of injuries, you know, and bounced back and, you know, still, you know, out there, you know, getting it done, you know, and, and he's still a threat to win, you know, on any given weekend. Any given weekend, yes, he is. He is the Tom Brady of our sport, and I absolutely love him for it. Um, he is a true warrior, but he'll be the first to tell you as well that you know he still loves it. He still loves to ride. He still loves to race. Uh, he spent a lot a lot of time this uh, off season uh, racing in a Lamborghini series. Uh, so I think he was in six different events racing a Lamborghini. Uh, and that kept him pretty busy, you know, this summer, uh, which was good. Um, but it, I think it might have instilled another little passion in him. <laughs> He's starting to look towards the future as well. Uh, but, you know, just uh, recently, you know, I heard him in an interview, and he said that, you know, he still loves, he still got the fire for for dirt bike racing. So, you know, until that is uh, is extinguished, we are really, really fortunate to have him still racing. You know, you go back to, you know, two of the greatest racers of all time that were competing, you know, 
uh, with Chad Reed, you know, and Chad being, you know, the third one, all the three of those guys, but James Stewart, Ricky Carmichael, and Chad Reed, uh, two of which, you know, are two-time champions, and then Ricky Carmichael, of course, being the, you know, the GOAT, the greatest of all time with five Supercross championships, uh, but he's still at it. Ricky Carmichael was 27 when he uh, retired from pro racing, and Chad has gone on another 10 years since Ricky retired. That is pretty amazing uh, on a lot of different levels, but even on the athleticism, like you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, he, the, the, the fitness that he is in and the training regimen that he still puts in day in and day out and taking care of himself uh, with nutrition and training and fitness plans and just everything he does when he does get injured uh, to rehab and get back on the bike is really just exceptional. It is, you know, and and actually I was going to mention something about Ricky Carmichael. For the fans that, that know Ricky Carmichael, Ricky Carmichael is another one who, who's had he's had a, a lot of injuries. I mean, he and he he shows he shows his scars, you know, his battle wounds, you know. And uh, yep. I remember when Ricky Carmichael came out to Erndale Speedway and raced a, a, a super late model. He raced it a couple of times <laughs> out here, you know, while he was racing Supercross, yeah. and it was like, you know, wow, you know. And he came out here, you know, and I mean. He was the biggest. I mean, he he took over the stage from from even our stars out here at Orindale. But he came out and he raced. He raced two super late model races, and uh, I think two or three, and then that was it. But I remember talking to him way back then, and um, and I, I and I told him, I go, gosh, Ricky. I go, he goes, you know what? He goes, he goes, dude. He goes, I've been in the trench. He goes, I know what it's like to be in the trenches. He goes, I know what it's like, just like Brian Deegan. He goes, I know what it's like to be ripped open and. And gone yes. through surgeries, he says, and yep. and he goes, I I know what it's like to have stitches. He goes, I know what it's like to be knocked out. He goes, but you know what? He goes, I love the sport. He goes, and I won't give it up. He goes, I will never give this sport up. And he hasn't. <laughs> I mean, he's still with you guys, doing the yep. um, helping you guys set up different tracks and stuff. Yep. Oh, he sure is. He's uh, currently still part of the broadcast team. Uh, is open and available. He's still a brand ambassador for Suzuki. Uh, he's actually in New Zealand uh, right now. Uh, I think he's actually competing uh, in the Supercross uh, Open, or at least putting down some hot laps with uh, with Ben Townley, who is uh, uh, from over there. So yeah, no, he still loves to get on the bike. He is still active, uh, and what he'll tell you is that he is not retired. He is retired from pro racing. Uh, but he still just loves this sport so much uh, that he does not consider himself retired at all. So, yeah, we're you know super happy to have him in the booth and being one of our broadcasters with NBC Sports, um, and then just all of his involvement still from a brand ambassador and an and an ambassador of the sport. We're super lucky to have him, you know, involved in so many aspects of Supercross. Still, it 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 you know it, it's amazing. You know, and, and another thing, you know, is how can these riders not love the sport when, you know, before the main event, you know, you have the fireworks, you have the driver intros, you know, the the you know, it's it's you know, it's a huge huge production. And then not only that, but once the race starts, I mean. As loud as it is down on the field, you can hear the fans over the over the noise of the oh, bike yes. because the fans are yes. just so much into it. 
it's amazing. They're on their feet. They're yelling. They're screaming. And uh, and and how how can the riders not? I mean, I mean, I I know they get energized just by just by seeing you know, the fan reaction. They really do. And to your point, you know, we average depending on the stadium. You know, a baseball stadium being a little smaller, you know, 42,000, you know, at Angel Stadium of Anaheim. Uh, but, you know, we get to the bigger football stadiums, you know, we'll put 62,000, 65,000 fans in the stands at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So, you know, over the span of 17 races, you know, we're aver- averaging 50,000, you know, people. You know, you think about that going to a concert you know that that that's Metallica. You know that's the biggest act that you can think <laughs> of filling a stadium. Uh, you know each and every week. So to your point, you know I, I love this time of year right now where you'll see on on athletes you know social channels you know Twitter and Instagram where they start referring to can't wait to get back under the lights. You know. It's uh, this is stadium racing. These are the most elite stadiums in the country. Um, so I I love seeing you know that the racers you know they really look forward to that. That's what makes Supercross so unique. It is a spectator sport. It was brought inside for that very reason. Uh, is that you know from a fan perspective you can watch all 22 main event racers uh, at every level, you know, every point in the track. So, you know, you got a comfortable seat. Uh, all right, if there's a little bit of rain, you bring a rain jacket, but no big deal because what's happening on that racetrack will keep you uh, entertained and amused. But, yeah, to your point, you know, everything that we do uh, is really about creating that experience. So, you know, from outside in FanFest, uh, which starts at 12 o'clock noon, I like to tell people that inside the stadium is where you have, you know, starting at noon, you have practice and qualifying starting. But outside the stadium, we have what, what we're now calling FanFest, and that is exactly what it sounds like. It is a festival for the fans. And we are continuing to make that more of a fan-engaging experience. Of course, you've got you know, the Monster Energies and the Red Bulls and things like that uh, where you can, you know, experience, you know, the different things that they have. But we have Learn to Ride. Uh, you can get on a bike, get on a Kawasaki Grom, learn how to ride a little street bike, get on a Honda with their Learn to Ride, uh, you know, little dirt bikes for the kids. Uh, there's all kinds of things to do. And in 2020, uh, we're really taking it up another notch. And, you know, part of our goals for next year is really giving the fans more access to our athletes. So, you know, some of the things that we tested at the Monster Energy Cup was a Rider Hall of Fame where all of the riders, when they were entering the stadium, actually rode down a red carpet lined with fans as they were going into the stadium for their heat races in the main event. And all of that is really designed to just get fans as close to the action and as close to uh, the athletes as possible. So we really do think of every, you know, different aspect. And, 
you know, it's uh, we want it to be a, an experience that, you know, when you leave there, it's the buzz factor. And, you know, in, in, in today's day and age, you know, with live broadcast, with the NBC Gold app, you know, Supercross is accessible, you know, live, which is, you know, which is fantastic and, you know, huge for, you know, any live sporting event. But we still want Supercross to be the type of event that you have to go to to really catch the magic. And we want every fan leaving there and saying, Wow, just like you were talking about, I was at Anaheim 2 for the Triple Crown event when XXX and X happened, you know, and that's really, uh, you know, there is no off-season in sports anymore, uh, but that's where we really get, you know, get excited in the off-season where we can really create and be creative, and everything is designed, you know, really for the fans uh, as well as for the athletes, because they, like we were, you know, saying before, they get as excited to put on that show under the lights in the stadiums uh, as we all like watching them under the lights. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's so true, Sean. And gosh, you know what? I mean, I know we can go off for hours and hours and hours just just you know talking about you know what's you know what's happened in the past. You know what to look forward to. You know, for 2020, I know it's going to be a real exciting season. But, um, you know, Sean, we're going to have to continue this next season. You know, I really want to thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure, um, you know, to get to talk Supercross with you. I know when we're at the track, it's kind of hard because you're a really super busy person. But, yep. um, you know, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to the 2020 season and looking forward to see what Monster Energy Supercross has for the fans. I can imagine it's probably going to be another blockbuster season. And, um and, you know, uh, fans, you guys really, like Sean said, you, you need to come out and experience it because you, you come once and you'll get hooked. And with that, Sean, you know what, I want to give you a chance to uh, give any shout-outs. You know, uh, um, well, where can the fans follow Supercross on social media? Where can they follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, mainly, uh, like you're saying, Supercross. Uh, so very easy, at Supercross Live uh, for all of our social channels, and they can keep up with all the action. I, I do try to keep up on a lot of the cool things that we're doing behind the scenes from a media standpoint, and that is at Brennan 3 So thank you for the shout-out. And, uh, again, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I always enjoy talking Supercross with you, Sal. So anytime, my man. All right. Well, you have a you have a really uh, good weekend. You have a great holidays coming up. Have a nice Christmas. Have a nice New Year's, and we'll see you in January. We will see you soon. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Okay. Good night. Good night. Well, Sharon. That was Sean yeah. from Supercross. <laughs> um. Gosh. You know what? Yeah. So much energy. I mean, this sport is it is amazing. I mean. You you need to get out there and 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 see it. Any fan that has never been out there, Supercross is just. I mean, it, it's in a world all its own. I mean, it is it has evolved from back when the Mickey Thompson days. You know, it was just a, like a, one of the little sideshows to now it's its own show. And uh, it's it's. I'm telling you, Sharon, man, the energy that you get out of that. You walk out of there, and, yep. man. You 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 can't sleep. Because your adrenaline yep. is it sounds just, really exciting. It is. 
Okay, now we do need to get into our uh, Cup Series review real quick here because uh, we're winding down the clock uh, to the top of the hour. The winner, of course, was Kyle Busch, who was also the champion at age 34, driving the number 18 for Joe Gibbs Racing with crew chief Adam Stevens. Uh, Kyle Busch won the 21st annual Ford Echo Boost 400. Uh, it was his 56th victory in 534 Cup Series races, his fifth victory and 27th top 10 finish this season, and his second victory and eighth top 10 finish in 15 races at Homestead. Martin Truex Jr. finished second, posting uh, his 10th top 10 finish in 15 races at Homestead, his 24th top 10 finish this year. Eric Jones finished third. What a great finish for him, posting his first top 10 finish in three races at that track. Daniel Hemrick, 12th clinches the 2019 Cup Series Sunoco Rookie of the Year. Kyle Busch, of course, wins the championship. And how great was it that we had a Ford in trucks, a Chevrolet in uh, uh, Xfinity, and now Toyota wins the Series Manufacturer's Championship in the Cup Series. Yeah, it was it was really uh, it, it was it was really a uh, you know a, a good race. I mean, you know, you know, Kyle, you know, when he was on a twenty-one race losing streak, and not you can't say losing mm-hmm. streak, twenty-one race non a twenty-one race non-win streak without a win Mm -hmm. yeah and to come back you know and not only win the race you know win the championship you know and you know his his post-race interview was i was had a i had to play it over like three or four times and listen to it he was he was not the kyle bush that recently really mellow yeah really subdued really um professional i mean he's always professional you know if you're a fan of his but I mean, he he just he was just I mean he was just really mellowed when he did his interview and to the point you know what and and um, just a whole different person you know I guess this championship you know really I don't know I doubt it's going to change his his ways come next season but um, his his I was really I was really shocked by his um, by his his mellow demeanor you know after winning the champion I think that he was going to be going nuts you know but you know his yeah. interview was just. It was spot on. He kept it straight to the questions, you know what? And then, um, man, I'll tell you, it was it was a well deserved championship. Yes, indeed. Now, Kyle Busch, we went through uh, the top three drivers there. Kevin Harvick finished fourth. Joey Logano fifth. Clint Boyer sixth. Ryan Newman finished seventh. Then it was Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, and Denny Hamlin rounding out the top ten drivers. Uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about the uh, championship points yeah the championship points went of course we know kyle bush won the championship finished first right behind him was uh, uh martin truex jr his teammate finishing second and uh sandwiched in between the the joe gibbs racing sandwich was kevin harvick in third and then fourth was danny <laughs> hamlin um joey logano ended up picking up the the fifth spot uh and then down to kyle larson sixth ryan Bainey seventh brad kozlowski eighth Ted Boyer ninth and Chase Elliott finishing the top and rounds out the top ten. Uh, Kyle Larson six. I mean, he kind of snuck in there. I didn't. I didn't think he was really that high in the points until I was reading it right now. I was like, wow, Kyle Larson finished six <laughs> ahead of Kurt Busch. Yeah, that's Kurt pretty Bush, cool. Who had to win this? Well, they both had to win this year, but 
I was surprised he finished higher than Kurt Busch because I thought Kurt was going to finish higher than uh, than Kyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got a lot to look forward to again with this Cup Series next year. We're not only with the rookie class that's coming in, but uh, uh, all of these guys, I think if you go down the list here, you could go down to uh, the top, you know, 18 drivers. Uh, you know, a lot of these drivers really put on a good show this season and showing signs of some really good strength for going into the 2020 season. And again, only seven points separating uh, the number one driver to the number three driver, 13 points back for Denny Hamlin in fourth place. Uh, Really tight in all three series. And uh, uh, I think it's been one of the best seasons we've seen uh, in all three series for NASCAR this year. Yeah, it has. And you know what, once again, you know, it's, it, you know, a lot of it, well, up until the, you know, final four, but going up into the final four, you know, those, it's those stage, those, uh, stage wins, you know, those, those, uh, playoff points, you know, once again, you know, they, they played a huge factor, you know, in Kyle Busch, you know, staying alive, you know, to be able to race in the, you know, in the final four, four Kyle Bush would have never been. Yes. Yes. Well, Sal, before we get to the top of the hour, I want to make sure that I say to you, thank you uh, so much for uh, everything you did for this season. And I know Jay and, and Andy are in the wings here as well. And I want to thank them as well for all of you guys have been a great team. Uh, for the Fan for Racing Radio group this year, and and I truly appreciate everything that you guys do. Yeah, well, I know, speaking for myself and probably for them, you know, we want to thank you also, you know, for all the hard work, you know, that nobody knows that you do behind the scenes, you know, to make all this happen. You know, it's not just us getting on the, you know, on the on you know on the internet and talking. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, you know, to to put, you know you know, our, our 90 minutes together, along with your hot topic together, along with your Wednesday show, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and, you know, we want to thank you for that too. Without you, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. Well, I appreciate that and, and uh, everything that uh, you do, Sal. So uh, I know we're at the top of the hour and we have to say good night and, uh, this is our last show for this season, so uh, I know we'll stay in touch during the off season, and we'll look forward to uh, starting up again uh, when the 2020 uh, season begins again next year. That's for sure, and I just want to say good night to everybody. Everyone have a have a safe safe holiday weekend, have a safe New Year's, and uh, we'll talk to you, uh, I guess, sometime in January. Uh, good night, yes, everyone. Yes, indeed. Good night, Sal. Okay. All right. Uh, We are at the top. We're actually past the top of the hour, and that means that it is time for NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And uh, we have our co-host here, Andy Lasky. Hi, Andy. Hey, Sharon. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. And we also have Jay Huseman online with us. Uh, Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, sad, a little bit sad to be here on the final night for Hot Topics for the 2019 season, but always a pleasure to join you and Andy. Yes, indeed. And then we have a guest on our Hot Topics tonight, 
And uh, it's my pleasure to introduce uh, an old friend of ours, the Yellow Caution Flag, or otherwise known as Chris Creighton. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi, how are you all tonight? Good, how are you doing? We're doing great. That's great. Glad to be back on. It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a while. You've got your own radio show. You're announcing at Why Not Motorsports Spark. And uh, uh, we're going to talk some hot topics here tonight uh, from the weekend of racing. And, and Chris, uh, our format is pretty much uh, we go around the table and everybody brings up what they thought was the hot topic of the weekend. And then uh, everybody goes around the table and gives their thoughts about that topic. So let's. Uh, do you want to do you want to kick us off with your hot topic of the weekend? Well, no, I, I I'll probably need to save mine for last. Oh, okay, we'll do that. Uh, then, Andy, I'm going to go to you then to kick us off with the hot topics for tonight. Yeah, why don't we just uh, start off, you know, by recognizing our our three champions: uh, Kyle Busch in the Cup Series, Tyler Reddick for Xfinity. Matt Crafton for the truck series. Certainly, I think that would be the uh, big news as we capped off the 2019 season at Homestead this past weekend. Yes, I would agree. And Jay, uh, let's uh, let's have you go first. All right. Certainly, uh, congratulations to each one of them. I know each one didn't necessarily came in come in as the favorite, um, but it was tough to determine in any one of the seasons what a favorite was. Uh, going into the, that final race at, at Homestead. So I don't think you can say you were shocked by any of them. Uh, obviously, they they earned their way there and delivered when it came time. So uh, big congratulations to everyone. I'm proud to call every one of them a champion in the sport I love. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I was especially uh, happy to see was in the Xfinity series. I was again congratulations to all the champions. I think they're all fantastic. Matt Crafton got, uh, uh, you know, his third championship. He's only the second driver to do that. One driver has more championships, and that's Ron Hornaday Jr. with four. So I'd like to see Matt Crafton uh, come back and compete for that fourth championship again. Um, then there's the Xfinity Series with Tyler Reddick. He just was unbeatable at uh, Homestead, Miami, but it was so much fun watching those guys race, uh, especially in that third stage when they were going back and forth uh, in the closing laps. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And then Kyle Busch uh, winning in the uh, Cup Series. Uh, how fantastic was that uh, to, to watch him uh, win that championship. Uh, he was, uh, which is not typical of Kyle Busch. Uh, there's been a lot of explanations that I've heard from people as to why that might be. Uh, but I think the more uh, it sunk in that he won that second championship, the more he started to enjoy it. And that was kind of uh, interesting to watch as it unfolded as well. Uh, but the thing that really impressed me was in the Xfinity series and the sportsmanship between uh, all of those guys uh, afterwards and, and their conversations. It was it was that way across the board, but I thought that the Xfinity series guys, the young guys, really were exceptional in the sportsmanship that they showed after uh, 
uh, racing at Homestead Miami and and watching Tyler Reddick and the respect that they had for him for how good he is at that track, uh, I thought was exceptional. So, uh, Chris, let's hear your thoughts. Well, um, you know, first off, Matt Crafton uh, still in the deal in the truck series, the very first championship that's been given away without a single win. But, but that's the way this playoff works, and he, he raced his way through points uh, in each round. So anybody that believes it was undeserving is uh, mm-hmm. um, probably – they're not hitting on all cylinders because it takes Stuart Friesen, of course, had a year uh, that I think was uh, probably as good as anybody's. Um, but, uh, of course, Brett Moffitt seemed to be the favorite rolling into that race. Um, hmm. But, you know, at the same time, the the truck series race was always throughout this year, it's been a great series to watch. I just don't know who's more exciting right now than Tyler Reddick. <laughs> and and I Dale Earnhardt Jr. has got to be sitting there wondering what in the world he did letting such a talent of Tyler Reddick go somewhere else. Because I, obviously mid-season of last year, we had not seen the potential of Tyler Reddick. Since then, and winning a championship last year, Going to another team, winning again this year. That uh, that redheaded kid from California has a lot of talent, and Mr. Hendrick and Dale Jr. have got to be regretting not re-upping that contract and, and bringing him into the fold. Especially, you know, as we get ready to maybe know in the next few months what Jimmy Johnson's how Jimmy Johnson's career path will be uh, in the upcoming season. I I would take a lucky guess that he's probably going to retire at the end of next year. Uh, which would have been almost perfect timing for Tyler Reddick to to come up to the Cup Series. Yes, indeed. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think three deserving. Oh, wait a second! Wait a second! Sure. Wait a second! Did oh. Did you talk you, about you Kyle Busch? Um, Chris, did you talk about uh, Kyle Busch yet? Uh, well, I think Kyle Busch. You can pretty much just say that the right person. The the guy with the best season all around won that championship, and it reminds me so much of the the predicament that uh, that that we've seen uh, with Davy Allison in 1992 when he was well above, looked like he was you know sailing into a championship, and then uh, things started to come unglued. I, we also have seen it before with Martin Martin, and you just kind of thought hey he's had the he's had the cushion all year long but during the playoffs he's probably had his worst races yet of course the 21 uh race winless streak was broken uh for Kyle Busch not to see victory lane in the cup series for 21 races is almost unfathomable uh but in the end I feel like the best car the best team won and um, congratulations to Kyle Busch. I know that people didn't respect the first championship. They, it wasn't. It, it was. A, it was almost like a star should have been by his name because he didn't have the full year. This year, he had uh, just about as many off races as what he had in his first championship season. But he raced all the races, and and now he's crowned a two-time champion in in the biggest uh, series in NASCAR. 
Okay. And I'm sorry that I cut you short there. I didn't really intend to do that. After I called, went to Andy, I realized you hadn't talked about Kyle Bush yet. So, oh, okay. Andy? <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, no. Um, three three very deserving champions for sure. Um, you know, Matt Crafton, a journeyman of the Truck Series. Uh, impressive to see him earn his third title. He's with an elite company in that series. And like you said, Sharon, I certainly hope that he'll be back for, you know, a couple, three more years, hopefully, to contend for that fourth title. And and really, um, I feel like Thor Sport Racing in general has been off a bit this year. So for them to show up and put forth what I thought was one of their best performances of the season, in particular for Crafton and the 88 team, uh, was impressive to see. And they... Um, you know, while they did not win the race, they they did, they had to do to win the championship. So uh, it was pretty cool to see that, and uh, I thought that was a little bit of redemption from the, the Las Vegas debacle where they had two trucks eliminated due to the engine failures there. So that was you know nice to see um, nice to see them come out on top for sure. Uh, Tyler Reddick, I mean, what can you what more can you say about him? It's just like Chris said, just an incredible talent. Um, he, he's got such a bright future in the sport, and, uh, you know, it really, I think, did a lot for the Trinity program this year. And, um, you know, he's just so good at Homestead running that high line there. And, you know, he had some competition for sure. I think, you know, Custer gave him a run for his money, and, and Custer was who I had picked in our fantasy picks to go for that championship. Uh, but, man, it was just, just – tough to beat Tyler so obviously you know I think to me what's so impressive about that is not only is he a back-to-back series champion um, which was the first time that's been done since 2011 and 2012 with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. but uh, also he's done it with two completely different organizations you know so for him to be able to do that with two completely different teams and crews and whatnot, that just tells you how good he is. And I think that looking to next year, he's going to bring a lot to the RCR Cup program to help make it better. So, um, obviously, I, I think a very deserving champion there. And then with Kyle Busch, I, I almost kind of seem crazy to say this, but I almost feel like he went under the radar a little bit. I, I feel like just watching all the race coverage in the pre-race on, on Sunday, everyone's focus was really, I felt like, on Hamlin and Truex, and um, Kyle Busch kind of just slid in there and, and, and did his job, and yes, he hadn't won in 21 races, but did did everything exactly right to, to go in there and, and win when it mattered most, um, you know, and certainly there were mistakes from a couple of his contenders that may or may not have, you know, taken them out of winning it. We'll never know for sure, but um, that 18 team did exactly what um, they needed to do, and, and ultimately they, they won it. So uh, three deserving champions. I don't I don't feel like the fans, we as the fans were cheated by any means. I feel like the right team did win, and, uh, you know, certainly um, interesting racing to cap off this 2019 season. Absolutely. Since we've got four of us on the show tonight, I think what we'll do is we'll not do the the follow-up uh, on any of this, uh, but we'll go ahead and move on to the next topic. Are you guys okay with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. Jay, go ahead with your next topic. 
Well, my uh, first one, uh, I guess, then would kind of pertain to Kyle Busch of where this puts him now with a second championship, as Chris mentioned, um, kind of backing that first one up. He moved up to, I believe, ninth on the all-time win list. He was tied with Rusty Wallace. He's now separated himself from that um, with this win and puts him uh, chasing Dale Earnhardt at 76. He's got 56, and we know it could be a very short time period for Kyle to make up 20 races. Um, would put him up with Dale Earnhardt and then Jimmy Johnson next on the list and Cale Yarbrough with 83. Okay. Uh, Jay or Andy, you want to go first on this one? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like this championship, it, it, it's, to me, it, it was only a matter of time, I think, before he earned a second series championship. And I think it's important um you know, to note that he already, I feel like, had a Hall of Fame career. This just solidifies it. So um, not a huge shock to see him get it. I feel like it was going to happen at some point. Um, to see where he is on the all-time win list was, was surprising to me. They showed that stat the other day. And, um, you know, he certainly, at only 34 years old, I think has a lot of time, um, you know, to get into the the upper echelon of, of all-time winners in the Cup Series. Not that he's not already there, but, um, you know, I think that he has time to possibly get up into the 70s or 80s with, with Cup Series wins, um, given that I, I, I would venture to say he's got several years left. So, um, you know, not a huge shock. I think he's just simply adding on to what has already been uh, established as a Hall of Fame career. Okay, Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it was said best, Hall of Fame career. Um, he was already, you know, in those types of record books. This just, I think it's it's in comparison to the second uh, uh, Super Bowl by Peyton Manning. You know, it just kind of it sealed the deal. When you're going to – in the next five to ten years, when you sit down and you rate the drivers from one to five, Cal Bush is now putting himself in that fourth spot. And, you know, you have Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Busch. Um, I, I know Jeff Gordon had won a lot of races, and he should probably be close to fifth. But as, as Kyle Busch finishes out his storied career, um, the book's not finished, I don't believe. This was uh, the this was the um, realization to most of the fans and and other drivers that you know Kyle Busch is what all he's got to do now is win a Daytona 500, right? And we've seen a lot of guys go a long time in their career without that Daytona 500 win. But it seems to me that that's almost the final pinnacle for what Kyle Busch has in store. Yeah, I think Kyle Busch is uh, just a phenomenal driver. And, uh, you know, he went through that 21 races without a win. And I think that was, um, I think that was kind of like, well, I know it was unusual for him to to have that long a time before uh, getting one win to the next. But at the same time, uh, there's something I think going on with Kyle Busch, and uh, I think that might even be part of why he was so subdued <laughs> uh, when he won the championship. He made a comment about, um, you know, I didn't want to build it up too too much because I didn't want to be that disappointed if it didn't happen. 
so once it sunk in for him, I think uh, it was pretty exciting. I think he is one of the all-time greats. I think we're watching history being made with Kyle Busch, and I think one of his goals is to get like 100 wins in all three series, which would give him 200 wins overall, uh, which would put him uh, beyond uh, Richard Petty, uh, who has 200 wins. Uh, and, and in some respects, I think comparing them to between one another, it's almost not really – it's comparing apples to oranges because it's such a different racing environment now than it was when those guys were racing. But I, I do think that Kyle Busch is going to be one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time best driver, because uh, he just he just finds a way to make things happen. <laughs> um, he doesn't always have the best race car. He doesn't always have the fastest race car. But he always gets the very most that can possibly be gotten uh, from a race car, uh, even when it's not the best. And watch out when he gets a good race car because uh, he's just he's just unbeatable. Uh, when that happens, and we've seen that happen in the truck series and the Xfinity series, when he, he races in those series, he wins. Um, and uh, you know, he he's going to be somebody to watch for many years to come. And I think we're going to see more records broken and more history being made with Kyle Busch. And so, uh, I don't think I think a lot of fans do recognize. Uh, the talent that he has they don't always like him for it but I think that they recognize that he's a talented guy and uh, uh, I I just hope that fans recognize and appreciate the history that we're watching happening and unfolding before our eyes Um, and uh, I know he's disappointed that it's only two championships that he has so far but uh, like someone said earlier he's got a lot more racing uh, to come, and and I, I hope we get a, a chance to watch him continue to break records and and make history. So, um, I guess that brings it to me to bring up the next hot topic. Uh, you know, silly season has been going on, and we've been talking a lot about that uh, for a while now. Um, but uh, there's some a couple of of uh, spotter changes that are coming up uh, for some of the cup teams. We're going to watch a couple of spotters walk away from um, uh, spotting, and there's some some of the really good ones. Uh, Joey Meyer, a veteran spotter in the cup series uh, for Paul Menard, uh, amongst many others, announced Sunday night on Twitter that he's leaving the sport after uh, being a part of that sport for almost a quarter of a century. Uh, so he's he's worked with Paul Menard, he's worked with Brad Kazlowski, Ron Hornaday, Dale Jr., Martin Truex, um, and Michael Waltrip, and also Andy Houston, uh, who spotted for Austin Dillon for the last nine seasons. He also announced on Twitter Sunday night uh, that he's no longer going to be serving in that role. So I wanted to get your thoughts about that. Uh, Joy Meyer, in particular, is. Is kind of a, a, a popular spotter in this sport. So I think that's going to leave a little bit of a hole uh, because he brought uh, a really great personality to what he did as well. So, um, Jay, we'll let you go first here. Well, and that's one of those, uh, I think, uh, underrated team members, if you will, 
I know the crew chief gets a lot of focus, and we talk about a driver-crew chief relationship, but that spotter one is also so vital, especially on the bigger tracks. I know they get focused on then on the super speedways, but uh, it is throughout the, the season on any track. And, again, that trust and relationship you have with a spotter. And I think Joey w- would go down as one of the best spotters, if you will. And like you said, the personality that he had um, and brought to the sport uh, is one of them, again, that actually was kind of known amongst the spotters, if you will. Again, not very many of them get highlighted or talked about, but he certainly was one. So, um, you know, again, if that's the decision he's making for his family and his life, you got to respect that, but certainly does leave a void in the sport. Okay. Andy? Yeah, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the spotters, you know, and it certainly is a a vital role in the team, so it's fun to keep up with what those guys do. And, you know, certainly um, that role has has evolved over the years to, I think, become more and more important as time's gone on. So, um, you know, it's it's fun to listen to, you know, them interact with the team every week. But specifically to Joey Meyer, he's had a, a long, rewarding career, um, you know, kind of a unique scenario for a long time. You know, he was responsible for flying as a pilot, Kozlowski and his family to and from the racetrack and then spotting on, on the weekends. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, what role he, he's in now. Obviously, this year spotting for Paul Menard, but... Um, you know, he's been in the sport a long time, and, um, you know, I, I, you have to believe that, that that travel on such a consistent basis takes its toll, and, there, you know, there comes a point in time where it, it's time to walk away. And, you know, for him to be able to do so on his own terms is, um, you know, incredibly important. And certainly, um, you know, I think a lot of people in NASCAR don't always get to walk away on their own terms. So for him to be able to do that, you know, you got to applaud him for that and, certainly a rewarding career. Um, and, and, you know, you alluded to some other changes, Andy Houston walking away, I believe walking away from spotting. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not, but certainly leaving his role as a longtime spotter for Austin Dillon. Um, I believe also uh, Derek Neeland, who spotted for uh, Kyle yes. Larson, is move, he's moving over to Tyler Reddick in the Cup Series next year where he spotted for Tyler in the Xfinity series and uh, Tony Raines who had spotted for uh, Suarez this year, he's going to be spotting for um, Larson next year. So certainly several um, big moves among the uh, spotters for 2020. Okay. And thank you, Andy. I had uh, missed that when I was kind of setting up the topic. So I, I appreciate that. Now the other two, we don't know who the, who the replacements are, but uh, Chris, what are your your thoughts? Well, you know, um, Andy Houston, of course, it just seems like yesterday he was uh, driving, and, and and you made a mention of Tony Raines, another former driver. So when you think about the change of the guard, when you think about Joey Meyer stepping away, you you kind of you know you know that that spot's going to be filled, and it's going to give somebody else the opportunity. It's kind of the next man up. And uh, hopefully whoever winds up filling that spot on the roster uh, can bring uh, a new creativity or or at least leave a mark as big as what uh, Joey has left. Of course, with with Andy Houston, um, you know, it it seems to be a good transition for drivers who get tired of, I guess, trying to hustle up the money to go racing. It's, It's 
when you go through some of the list of who works with what company, you, you realize that uh, there was a time when Paul Wolf was qualifying cars, and now he's, you know, a, a champion crew chief. Um, there, there's other opportunities outside. Sometimes these drivers don't get to make a name for themselves as a driver, but they have other opportunities within the sport. And I, and I think that's kind of the whole change of the guard thing that uh, that I alluded to in the beginning. Yeah, you guys uh, all brought up some amazing points. And uh, uh, it, it is good that we know who's going to – we know where Derek – spotter Derek's going to go, uh, Derek Nealon, and uh, that Tony Raines is going to move over with Kyle Larson. Uh, I'm curious to know who is going to be that next guard that's going to step up and take those spots. And I'm sure we'll know before the season begins, obviously. Uh, but you're right. There's so many opportunities within this sport, uh, Chris, and and uh, we've seen this happen before. Uh, it's not going to be the last time it happens. Uh, but there there's some drivers, and I think – Joy Meyer, or some spotters, and Joy Meyer is one of those spotters who has just a, an amazing presence on social media, uh, and and kind of make that connection with the fans. Uh, that I think uh, he's going to leave a big hole, and uh, uh, I, I really uh, I, I really think we're going to miss uh, Joy Meyer in this sport. And uh, I, he does not mention what he's going to do next, but. Uh, um, uh, I I do think we're going to miss Joy Meyer. Uh, I'm I'm just anxious to see who's going to step into those spots. Now here's uh, here's what we do at this time of the Can show. Can I add something to that I, real quick, Sharon? Can I add something to that real quick? Sure. I, I hope that it's similar to the way the Dale Jr. You know, he stepped out of the race car. We're like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? Junior's stepping away from racing. I see Dale Jr. <laughs> more now than I ever do. So maybe he'll get on with a radio station or or or. or um, yeah. They get on with a TV deal or something. That way we can we can enjoy them uh, just the same. That's a good point, Chris. Okay, now we're at that time of the show where I do a little spiel here because um, we go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, but that doesn't mean that we stop recording. We continue recording the rest of the show, and that's available on our podcast that's available via all of the links that we've already put out for everybody. So you can hear the podcast via those links as well as the player that we have available at fanforracing.com. But here's the thing. If you've listened up to this point, all you have to do is fast, just fast forward up to the two-hour mark when we finish uh, the rest of the show here, and you'll be able to hear the rest of the conversation on that podcast. Podcast listeners will be able to listen straight through, and it will be pretty seamless. Uh, but it's uh, what we consider our bonus overtime uh, material here at Fab Racing Radio. And, uh, uh, again, uh, you'll be able to listen to that on our podcast. I'll go out on Twitter when we're done and let everybody know that the podcast is available, and that's your cue uh, to come back and listen to that bonus overtime material. So with that, Chris, we are at uh, – you're, you're up for the last topic here. Yeah, I, you know, you got to look at what we're com- what's going to be happening next year in the Cup Series. Three young drivers, Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, Christopher <laughs> Bell, they're making their debut in the Cup Series. My burning question is <laughs> – Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to come out first? 
I don't think that we've seen a, a draft <laughs> class like this since Kenseth and Junior and and uh, I can't remember the other. Uh, but uh, but you know it's definitely it's going to be and these guys are all going to top tier teams. Uh, what kind of mm-hmm. impact are they going to have on the Cup season next year? Okay, Andy, you want to go first in this one? Uh, they're going to have quite an impact, I, I think for sure. It's the best rookie class that I've seen in, in quite a long time. I think that we've all seen in a long time for sure. A lot of depth to it. You've got three, um, I think, drivers that have the potential to be elite drivers in the sport. And, um, you know, they're all with pretty good teams for sure. I, I, I think that um, – Uh, Andy? Oh, we lost Andy. Mid, mid-sentence, we lost Andy. I'm sure he'll call back in. Uh, Jay, why don't you go ahead and pick it up until Andy calls in, and then when you're done, I'll let Andy come back in. All right. Hopefully he can get back in there. Um, it was really interesting what he had to say there, but as I look at it, <laughs> I know, you know obviously coming off the uh, back-to-back championship, he said he got cut off, Coming off the back-to-back championship, you know, you look uh, first at Tyler Reddick. And something Chris said earlier about the Dale Earnhardt and Rick Hendricks' decision to let him, let him go last year, I don't wonder if they did what was best for him. Junior Motorsports kind of being a lead into Hendrick, and at that time, again, Hendrick appeared to be full up, that they maybe did that as best for Tyler Reddick, knowing that the opportunity to move with Richard Childress was there and they didn't have it. So, um, have to wait and see. I think Reddick is going to help Richard Childress Racing um, take another step as we've seen them uh, kind of struggle to maintain and improve. Uh, so I think that's good for them, as well as Cole Custer coming into Stuart Haas. I think, as Andy, I know, has alluded to several times, I think he is the future of Stuart Haas Racing with that team. But I think next year when you look at it, just with what Toyota puts behind with their development of drivers, and we've seen Christopher Bell come through the trucks and the Xfinity, not having won a championship, but just the, the dominance he has displayed. And the elevation of what Levine Family Racing already went through this year with Matt DiBenedetto driving, I think that team and opportunity with Christopher Bell as the driver, I think is the best three opportunities that match up with an, a young, uncom- young and upcoming driver um, to be more successful successful right out the gate. So I'd have to kind of give the nod to uh, Christopher Bell in that case. Okay. Uh, now, unfortunately, Andy was cut off after the 1030 mark, so he's not going to be able to call back in, unfortunately, and that makes me very sad. Uh, but hopefully, uh, yeah, he can't call back in. So, yeah, so I was uh, afraid of that after the 10:30 mark. Yeah, so we're not going to hear from Andy, but I'll go ahead and give my thoughts. I <clears throat> I agree with you guys. This is absolutely one of, if not the the best rookie class that we've seen move up into the Cup Series, and I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to be surprised. I think we're going to have a lot of oohs and ahs and wows and oh my gods because. <laughs> I think these guys are going to put on a good show. Now, 
keeping in mind, making that transition to the Cup Series is not an easy transition. It's going to be a tough transition, and these guys aren't necessarily going to um, go out there out of the gate. I think we're going to see they'll surprise me if they if they get a win in the first half of the season but i think the second half of the season once because all of these guys are quick studies i think the second half of the seeding season is going to be the most exciting part of the season for these rookies because by that time they will have acclimated themselves a little bit more to the to the car and the differences between an xfinity car and a cup car and uh i think that that's going to be um uh, I, I think that's going to be kind of the more the path that we'll see. Now they might surprise me and do something, uh, do something bigger, um, you know, in the in that first half of the season. But I think uh, I think this is a great opportunity for all three of these guys going to RCR for Tyler Reddick, uh, Stuart Haas Racing for Cole Custer, and Levine Family Racing with uh, a a strong affiliation with Joe Gibbs racing uh for Christopher Bell and uh I I I really think it's it's going to be a lot of fun these guys are going to have uh I think uh Cole Custer is going to have some great mentors uh at Stuart Haas racing and I think that's going to be huge um uh Toyota Racing Development has a a, a wonderful program for developing these drivers uh, Christopher Bell's been with them from the beginning to the end, and I think they're going to continue to support him at Levine Family Racing. And Tyler Reddick, uh, everybody's talked about what a great matchup he is for uh, Richard Childress. It's, he's, he's his kind of driver uh, who will do what he has to do uh, to make things happen on the track, and he's certainly proven that. Um, now I want to... Uh, uh, kind of expound on Andy's thoughts here. He's kind of put a note here together. Uh, Of course, he's disappointed that he can't come back, but he said, nonetheless, what a great year and a great team. Always sad when the season ends. Withdrawals have indeed kicked in on a day one of the off-season. I'm sure we'll all stay in touch throughout the off-season and certainly looking forward to 2020. Uh, So uh, we're sad that you aren't here uh, Andy, to help us close this out, but uh, uh, we appreciate your thoughts. So, Chris, I'm really curious now to know your thoughts as well. Oh, oh what? Chris, I'm, you... I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Okay. My, my thoughts on my yes. thoughts on the the rookies coming up. Oh, okay. Yes, so I get to yes. answer my own question. Yeah. Wow. But you, you all, you well, just the lit topic. me up. Everybody yeah. else talks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to follow up. <laughs> I guess I guess that's that's that okay. So I got a little lost there. But um yeah okay. I, it's hard to say. I think that, you know, in in that statement I kind of uh made the comment that, you know, I believe it's gonna be one of the best draft classes, rookie classes that, that NASCAR's seen in a while. I, we definitely need Tyler Reddick to bring that same uh spirit, that same elevation, that same fire that he had in the Xfinity series for the RCR teams into the cup series, because I don't believe uh, for a minute that Tyler's going to be okay with riding around in 25th. Um, (laughs) For the Bob Levine situation, you know, you want this to be another furniture row racing. You want, you know, but I've seen so many times 
people write big checks in racing and it doesn't work out. I think that uh, we're missing a main piece with Martin Truex Jr. Cole Pern is a is a, a big piece to Martin Truex Jr.'s success. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you have to have the right crew chief paired with Christopher Bell. Um, we've seen several drivers that have gone through the Toyota Racing Development Program that have been very successful, but also some others that have not. So, you know, it's not That's a given true. yet on what we're going to know with Christopher Bell, but hopefully he's being put into the right situation. Of course, Joe Gibbs has no problem getting rid of drivers and shaking shaking the, the trees up over at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, so, you know, Eric Jones, I believe, is going to be racing for a job this year. I feel pretty confident that Denny, Martin Truex Jr., and Kyle Busch are okay. So that fourth seat seems to be the revolving chair. If Christopher Bell uh, doesn't have things clicking at the 95 team by the end of the year, I, and, and Eric Jones didn't have a, just a coming-out season, um, I, I think that this could be a one-and-done one year for Christopher Bell before you see him over at Joe Gibbs. Cole Custer, that's the most interesting because you say that, you know, he has a lot of mentors over at SHR, but it's almost like do they really want to be daddy daycare? You know, it, it it didn't work too well with with Hendrick, you know, but maybe they that was, you know, one veteran driver trying to take care of three rookies. But, you know, it, of course, this is the opposite. This is three veteran drivers that are going to be looking after uh, Cole Custer. Was Cole Custer a product of great equipment? I think that this SHR team that was developed in the Xfinity Series team pretty much had their ducks in the row from the beginning. So judging on talent, a Cole Custer could be possibly the most, uh, the the quickest to success uh, in the uh, Cup Series because of the strong field of cars through the, the SHR camp. That I, that's also you know, Daniel Suarez was not a winner this year, unfortunately, in the 41 machine. Uh, that that car had gone to victory lane with Kurt Busch, I think, the previous two or three seasons. Uh, so not having that car win this year kind of makes you uh, iffy that, you know, uh, where they have to start at the beginning again. But the rebound that the 10 car did after Danica Patrick with Eric Amarola, they needed a little bit more of that fire in them this year, I believe, as well. We've seen kind of a, a slight downfall of the SHR product on on the racetrack this year. Uh, Cole Custer is going to be a great addition. Uh, he's very familiar with the shop. He knows the guys. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, Tony Stewart, of course, you know, he was probably a little little kid when Tony Stewart first bought into S- uh, Stewart Haas <laughs> Racing. And so, you know, he's kind of a homegrown talent, and it's going to be very interesting to see it. And as I said, I think that straight out of the door, we will see quicker success by Custer, but he's in a more stable environment. We don't yet know about Bob Levine's 95 team. We've seen bits of success this year with Matt Diamondetto. Christopher Bell is a major talent, and Tyler Reddick is unfortunately going to a cup team that has been kind of the the back grade over the last few years, though Austin Dillon's had a couple wins. RCR is definitely not hitting on what they were uh, in the Kevin Harvick and Dale Earnhardt years. So I think leading up to next season, we're going to have a lot to learn. And as you said, we're going to see things uh, that that we've probably never seen before from some of this talent. And I think Tyler Reddick is probably going to be the one doing that uh, by (laughs) by just laying it on the hammer as he does up near the wall. I've never seen a driver just just unfocused on, on the wall and, 
Uh, he's he's made uh he's made a lot of hits turn over the last couple of seasons. He certainly has. And uh you brought up some good points there as well as you Jay. Um I you know you talked a little bit about Daniel Suarez. I'm going to bring up another topic here and then I'll go to you Jay. Uh I, I feel bad for Daniel Suarez that he's not going to be in that number 41 car next year. One season at Stuart Haas Racing and done. One and done. And now he's wondering where he's going to be next year. Now, I think he probably has something in the works. There's been some conversation that maybe he's talked to RCR. Uh, where do you think he's going to land next season, Jay? Uh, again, I, I know we've talked about this a couple of times, and that whole RCR deal to me, uh, especially since now they are moving Tyler Reddick up, um, mm-hmm. I don't know because again, whether RCR is is ready to move back to a three car team, whether it be part time next year and then full time in 2021, I do think that is a good opportunity. And I think uh, returning to the Xfinity Series, just as with Daniel Hemrick, I don't think is a bad thing for such a young driver who got brought up maybe a little too early. So um, I know the Go Fast team hasn't been eliminated completely as a possibility or any other team for that matter, but I think maybe that the RCR deal might be the best um, for him at this point, again, depending on what their long-term future plans are. That's true. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts about that with Daniel Suarez? In in most of these cases, I wind up having to connect one driver with another driver, uh, especially when you're talking about a ride out the best case scenario for Suarez is to wind up over at Go Fast Racing uh, with uh, the 32 machine because, of course, that's equipment that's being given down from SHR. Uh, it kind of stays in the fold, and I know that him and Tony have had a really good relationship. The one thing that we're missing in all this with Suarez is the fact that he does have – he has Suarez fans. He has, he has a mm-hmm. whole country that pulls for him. And that, that brings a lot yeah. of power to that. And so, you know, I, if if I'm Richard Petty Motorsports, I'm looking for somebody who can bring me funding. I'm looking for a popular driver. I think that the best fit for Suarez outside of the 32 machine uh, and, and where he's at because he's comfortable there, uh, seeing him over at Richard Petty Motorsports as an affiliate driver of RCR I think Suarez can bring some money to the operation, and uh, maybe it's time for Richard to to cut ties with Bubba Wallace. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I, when you first said it, I thought, oh, a second car at RPM would be kind of pretty cool to see, and you'd have you know uh, uh, Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace kind of representing. Uh, the sport, uh, you know, from different perspectives, from a diversity point of view. And I think that that would be fantastic. Um, But I also like your thought about uh, perhaps go fast racing. I I know that there's a strong affiliation there. Stuart Hawes Racing announced that they – had put together a uh, 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 an enhanced, I think is the word that they used, affiliation with uh, Go Fast Racing, and um, uh, and that uh, that seems like the most logical place for Daniel Suarez to maybe land if it's not at RCR. 
but I like your idea of uh, Richard Petty Motorsports as well. Um, both teams have had their challenges over the last couple of years. I think RCR maybe has had a little bit better um, uh, signs of some some good runs, I, I guess you could say, uh, with Austin Dillon uh, in that car for the number three. Um, Daniel Hemrick uh, did have a good finish. You know, he finished his rookie of the year last year in an RCR car, which I think is a huge accomplishment. And uh, But I, I kind of agree that that might be uh, not really an option any longer with uh, announcing that Tyler Reddick is going to be uh, at that organization. Uh, uh, going up to three cars or four cars at RCR just doesn't seem to always work out the best. And uh, with especially if you're bringing a couple of uh, drivers over uh, that are going to be new to the organization for the first year. So I don't necessarily see that as an option any longer. I, I do think that they're probably looking at go fast racing, uh, and, but I am intrigued by the idea of uh, RPM as well. So, um, Jay, <laughs> you're up. Well, um, with with that, it was kind of my final topic of the night was, and I know, Sharon, you mentioned this the other night, of we don't have all the answers, and Daniel Suarez obviously being a big one yet um, for the off-season or silly season as it is. So what other possibilities do you see? I know we said we already heard a couple of crew chiefs. We heard one from Fox Sports, too. Uh, again, that's the decision that, that – an individual has to make, but Hermie Sadler leaving Fox Sports um, yeah, as an analyst. Yeah. So we may hear and see more from this silly season. Just curious if you see any other big things. Again, Daniel Suarez, obviously, in my mind anyway, one of the biggest left uh, to to fall. But Damn. any others? I know we haven't gotten confirmation on John Hunter Nemechek either for Front Row Motorsports. So that's true. What, what do you guys that's see true. coming yet? Okay, Chris. Your thoughts? Well, and, you know, I waited for the I waited for the question of why I would believe that Bubba Wallace needed to be let go uh, from Richard Petty <laughs> Motorsports, and so I think that that one kind of that question kind of helps me explain the reason why. Has anybody else noticed throughout the year that uh, Bubba Wallace seemed to be miserable driving that race car? Um, if it's not working for the driver and it's not working for the team then, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, is it time for a change? Bubba Wallace has been at Richard Petty Motorsports for two seasons. Um, they really were expecting, you know, a, a, a load of sponsorship money to come in with them that has not happened. Uh, there was a deal made this year where $10 million was basically raised or donated by one certain person uh, to the victory gang junction so that that car could be sponsored and afford to race for the rest of the year. Uh, the medallion, uh, the owner, the actual owner of RPM, the, uh, the guy who owns the, the medallions for the New York taxis, you know, he's got to be scratching his head. They had a hundred million dollars worth of Smithfield food money come through there. They were only semi-competitive. Bubba Wallace has been in there for two years. We've only seen two or three races where, um, you know, he had a he had a, a exceptional race 
bringing Suarez in brings a fan base. It brings, uh, you know, it, it it brings money into the into the organization. After so many seasons of losing, you just have to ask yourself: At what point in time is the investor going to say this isn't working? And so I believe, you know, that we haven't seen. Uh, the 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 rest of silly season yet, and they call it silly season for a reason, and it'll be that way all the way up until you know the week before the Daytona 500, as people start getting rides and and deals fall through, and uh, so you know this is one of those that I think it's going to happen quickly, and uh, RPM is going to make a change, and you know that Daniel Suarez seems to be the right guy to pull in. Daniel Hemrick is the big question mark because once again we have another driver that has had a one-and-done season. I don't think we've seen the full potential of Daniel Hemrick. And, you know, Ryan yep. Priest, you, you have to go back to what Ryan, Ryan Priest did. I was not too happy when I found out that he signed with JTG, Doherty Racing, because, you know, he was in a he was in a very good ride at Joe Gibbs, but he went ahead and made that leap. Chris, Chris Buescher, it's worked for him. He's going back to Roush Racing. Uh, so, you know, these doors have been opened. I, I think that uh, Suarez has got to find a good ride to stay competitive, and Daniel Hemrick has got to stay in the scene somewhere in a cup team in order to stay relevant until somebody else can pick up. The, this guy can drive a race car. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Uh, Daniel Suarez certainly deserves to be in good equipment, and uh uh, I, I, I become more and more intrigued with your RPM scenario here. I think it it uh, really does make a lot of sense what you're saying there. And it is a possibility, uh, especially in, when we see other drivers like Daniel Hamrick and Daniel Suarez getting a one-and-done deal uh, with some good race teams. Uh, there's, you know, he needs to kind of, uh, he does need to kind of step up to the plate. And he's had, he's had a couple of run-ins with drivers this season, which was, which is where I kind of went right away when you said, uh, uh, you know, Bill, um, RPM and, and Bubba Wallace and, and being out of that seat because, uh, I, I do think that, He's still maturing, I guess, as a driver, and uh, he there needs to be some. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he lands if he does if he is out at RPM if he lands anywhere, but uh, I do think that Daniel Suarez might be a good fit for there, especially with uh, big uh, sponsorship. And you're right; those sponsors aren't going to go with that for for a long period of time. Uh, not having any wins uh, in that organization. So, uh, I, but I think can I add there something there, Sharon? Other... Sure. Okay. Uh, with with that, a, re, uh, a statement from RPM said that they were backing Wallace for next year. The connection there is their alliance with Richard Childress Racing, because for the past two years, if you recall, RPM had two charters and they have rented that charter or leased that charter for those two years to two different teams if they do not come back and use it this year they have to sell it so when we talk Uh about Richard Childress possibly having a third team I think it might be under RPM's other charter oh that's interesting okay that's a good point Jay um 
Yeah, that's a very, very good point. But there's also the the point that uh, Chris is bringing up that uh, Bubba just has not performed uh, in that car in in the two years that he's had an opportunity uh, in that car. So there's so much talent out there right now, and that's the good news for fans. It's the bad news for these drivers because they have such a short window to really prove themselves anymore. Uh, and, and it used to be when these guys came into the Cup Series, they gave them, you know, they told them, go out there, get a feel for the track, get a feel for the car, uh, get comfortable. Uh, you know, they gave them time to kind of acclimate in those cars um, and before they expected to get, you know, big results from them. And anymore, it just seems like they're expecting big results in such a short period of time. So... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the sport, but um, uh, I do think that uh, uh, as far as the silly season and any other surprises that could come up here, uh, there's some certainly we, we certainly have pointed out an interesting scenario there uh, between Daniel Suarez, RCR, and RPM. Um, but uh, as far as any other surprises, I think we could see some other surprises. Uh, before this is all said and done, because uh, there just is so much on the line anymore uh, with these teams. And and I like that what you brought up too, Chris, because um, it, Chris Busher, it did work out for him to go to a lower-funded team, uh, show what he could do. But he did that. He had some amazing runs uh, with JTG Jordy Racing. And uh, it landed him a ride right back with uh, Roush Fenway Racing. We'll have to see if if Ricky Stenhouse Jr. uh, can make that happen this year with him being in that ride Um, and and, uh, see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, I think we're in for some more surprises. It's hard to say exactly what at this point, but uh, I think you guys have brought up some, some really interesting scenarios there. Okay, any other hot topics you think we should talk about before we say goodnight here? I think we're no, I got nothing, uh, nothing left. Well, I guess I'll just throw this out there. My biggest surprise of the season of all year long had to have been the other day when I found out that Roger Penske bought uh, USAC <laughs> Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway IndyCar. And, uh, yeah, I think that – it's going to be hard to top that in 2019. Yeah, that was a very well-kept secret, Jay. Uh, I think that blew everybody's mind when that announcement came out. It was, and I know I wasn't on the night you and Andy uh, got to talk about it. Again, I think for for the health of the sport, uh, motorsports as a whole, um, and the possibility and the connections now of more crossover with IndyCar and NASCAR. I mean, again, I think we've already heard talks about that. I think that relationship uh, with Penske at the helm of it is just going to grow. And I think I see that as a very good thing. Absolutely. I think it's an outstanding thing. Uh, I can't think of a better person uh, to to take over the helm at ISM Raceway. Uh, and that included ISM Productions as well as the track and then, of course, IndyCar, and I think I, I think he's going to be a good representative. I know one of the questions was the conflict of interest 
uh, point. But I think if anybody can handle that, I think it's going to be Roger Pesky. I can't think of a man who who has more integrity uh, in the sport than Roger Pesky. So I don't think that's going to be a problem at all, uh, at all. So any other thoughts from you, Chris, on that? I just hope that they put the Indy 500 back on Monday so we can actually have some crossovers. <laughs> yep, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, yes. I, I would love to see that because I know Kurt Busch has already said he'd like, he wants to race another Indianapolis 500 event. So, okay, I think we're, we're at that time of the night where we'll need to wind down. Uh, we'll, we usually do a roundtable at this point, Chris, and uh, kind of uh, talk a little bit about what you're doing. And uh, if uh, you have your social media handles available, we want to hear what those are as well so the fans can follow you. So, well, Jay, we let's are, start with you. Okay. I'm sorry, you want me to start? All right. Uh, you can follow yeah, me yeah, on go ahead tw- and start. Twitter and Instagram on MoparMJ8, Michael Hoosman on Facebook. Uh, as far as what got going here, uh, again, right now, the weather. Chris, I feel so bad. Didn't get to come down there and see you uh, this past weekend. I was a little under the weather, and I know it was cold out there, but you guys racked up your season there at Why Not Motorsports Park and the House of Hook. But uh, from the big mouth of the Mid-South to the dirtiest voice in the South, you know, it's always a pleasure when we get to uh, get to work together. So hopefully can a little bit more again next year. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it too, Jay, man. I mean, you know, uh, not seeing you there, I, I kind of wondered. I was like, man, this is, you know, the, normally the biggest race of the year. Something must really be wrong with them not being here. But so uh, I'm, I'm glad that you bounced back from being under the weather there. It was cold, uh, but we had a great time and, and uh, looking, you know, looking forward to the off season, to be honest. Okay, so let's uh, do your part there, uh well, you can find me on Flag of Caution uh, at Flag of Caution on Twitter. You can find me uh, as a friend on Facebook as, as Chris Creighton, or you can like some of our pages: Yellow Caution Flag, the 110 Nation Sports page. Uh, we have a show syndicated 40 uh, 40 weeks out of the year. We do 40 episodes every year with Craig Moore, uh, Race Chat Live. Uh, we do our show on Thursday nights. We may be working on something to kind of keep from crossing so we can make maybe do a little crossover with the sister station or something i don't know yet we'll we'll get those details <laughs> out uh later on but you know uh and of course you know come down and see us at why not motorsports park and uh maybe some big announcements some other big announcements coming on later during the off season Okay, uh, and I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter. We are Fan for Racing blog and radio elsewhere on social media, as well as our fanforracing.com website. And uh, I am I am looking forward to the off season. It's been a busy year, uh, but during this off season, I'm going to keep myself busy. I'm looking at uh, uh, doing some rebranding of the Fan for Racing uh, uh, program. Uh, on the radio as well as our website and uh, I'll be reaching out to all of our our group here to get some thoughts and ideas and uh, you alluded to it Chris I know you and I are talking about maybe doing some crossover uh, between the radio stations uh, for next season 
and uh, so stay tuned for some news there. And uh, uh, I, I am really, really excited uh, about the 2020 season and what it's going to bring for us. And and I think we, I think our hot topics tonight gave a lot of good reasons why the 2020 season is is something to look forward to. So um, uh, really appreciate uh, all of our fan for racing crew. Uh, Jay, you've done a lot to step in uh, for the Monday night show, and and wherever you're needed, you've been at the racetrack with me this year. Um, Andy, I'm sorry you're not here, but I appreciate I always appreciate your insight and and what he brings to the radio show on on uh, Mondays and Thursdays when he can be here. And then uh, some of the guys that aren't on the show tonight, but it's certainly a part of our fan racing crew, and that is uh, James Bickford, who stood in as a co-host a few times throughout the season. James, we appreciate what you bring to our group. And uh, Sam Bornhorst, who uh, it puts together our recap for the Cup Series every week, and uh, we put that up on the website uh, on Monday mornings, and uh, we appreciate everything Sam brings to the show as well. And, uh, Jay, I know you put it out on social media, how we, how our Fan for Racing Fantasy group uh, ended up for this season, and I appreciate that. I think we had a different person who led each one of the series, and then, um, I don't know, was it a different person that won overall as well? I, I, no, I was I was going to ask if I could do one more quick shout out there for that. Um, I did get them uh, retallied, make sure all the numbers were correct. So uh, for the fantasy picks for the Cup Series, uh, that was the closest all year. Uh, ended up Sharon kind of pulled away there at the end. You got 131. Sam and I were at I was at 115. Sam at 114. Um, so you took the Cup side of it. Sam ended up taking over the Xfinity, which you led most of the year there, Sharon, but you kind of switched over to the cup side. So Sam won that as, at 105 to 98. Uh, I, took, I beat Andy 79 to 77 in the trucks. That was actually the closest finish there. Uh, and then overall, it was 285 to 281 to 273. Huh. Uh, myself, then you, Sharon, and then Sam. Again, Sam had three race-winning picks last weekend, brought him right back up there with us. So uh, James and Andy, uh, I know we all had a blast with it, and I was actually going to kind of use it there to see if maybe a certain caution flag might want to join us next year. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, Jay, uh, I, big kudos to you, as as I've been saying. Uh, for what you do to help us with uh, keeping track of our Fan for Racing Fantasy group here. and You do a great job with it. And, and like you said, it's been a whole lot of fun all season long. It gives me a different uh, dynamic to race day. Uh, I'm always trying to beat these guys on race day with my driver pick. So it, it just makes it a lot of fun. Well, there, there you all go. Right. That'll, that'll be the Sharon, that'll be the off-season question next year. Do you pick Cole Custer or do you pick Martin Truex? What you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that, those have been my primary picks all season long, along with Ben Rhodes in the in the truck series. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll have to wait and find out. Well, I'll leave you guys in suspense on what we'll do with that next season. 
Um, but again, I, I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate you guys uh, tremendously, and uh, I can't wait to to have our discussions in the off season for what we're going to rebrand and uh, do a little bit differently going into the 2020 season. A new decade, a new look, and uh, maybe even new format. So we'll see. We'll see what comes out of it. So again, I think we're ready to call it a wrap and say good night, guys. Good night. All right. Have a good night and enjoy the off season. We'll be back at the beginning of the year. And the biggest shout out to goes to our listeners who tune in and hear us every week. So thank you so much for doing so. And we'll see you on the other side in 2020. Good night. you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.